Cats and kittens, it is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I'm Show Me the Trump Money. And I'm the Grizzled Corbin. For facts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian will be joining us here in a little bit. They're gonna he's gonna do uh um the hot 10 first and kick it off because we got a special guest coming on tonight that we said we were gonna get last week. Uh, around in a little bit, Jesse James from Jesse James Comics Local here is going to be joining us to have an in-depth discussion about what it's like selling comics during this this uh, weird, strange little time we're in. But until that, we're going to have some some goodness. Until that, I, we'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> how you guys? <laughs> how you guys doing? How you guys been? I see that uh, Corbin's sporting a little bit of the uh, the quarantine quarantine cut. There, he's got to get that. That fro cut. I, I you posted a picture on Facebook earlier today, your new profile picture, and I was like, man, he looks like he's homeless or an NFL star. I can't decide which one it is. Yeah, that, I that, mean that hair. You're, I'm used to you being on point with the the fade and the the designs and, and that, stop that fresh <laughs> that fresh beard, and you're just letting it go, huh? I mean, I've given up hope. You're right. I mean, the barbers are, you know, they're closed, and I'm, I don't trust myself to cut my own hair. Dude, I'm a kick ass barber. Come on over. Hey, Kyle, I, you're, you're tempting me with the, I'm going to be there. Like, no, you, you don't want me to cut your hair at all. No. <laughs> but like, I'm letting it grow on. It's looking scruffy. And I'm sitting there going, like, let me just show people the real me. Because right now it's everywhere. It's a mess to cut. It's show a mess me to cut. The real me. I'm just, you know, you would have thought the Trump Bucks would have got me a haircut, but no. Got me a car, though. There you go. What kind of car? Show do you get? me the Trump. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a car. It's a '98 Altima. Dope. Last forever. It has a system. Oh, I'm pumped about it. It's a stepping step for me, but like, boom! I just need wheels, and so I'm happy to have that. By doing that, I for I, I basically let go of many haircuts, and so here I am. Meanwhile, Mac, you're so clean shaven, and Kyle, Kyle rocks this. Like Kyle keeps saying that. So how do you stay? Do you just constantly keep at it, Matt? See, I just, I just have this perfect thing called white trash. So, like, my, <laughs> I, I'm not clean shaven at all. But mine you got the trailer park beard. Yeah, mine doesn't grow very far, and it's all blotchy. Like this side is like it grows in patches. So I've got the Kid Rock going. So most of the time, Ooh. I just, I just let it, I, I keep it trimmed down because it just, it looks terrible. And I can't grow a mustache. I, I get like a pedo mustache. It's like one of those like weird like pencil thin it almost looks like i've just drank some chocolate milk and it, it just stuck on my my upper lip so it doesn't work oh my goodness i feel you not everyone can pull it off but you know you keep it consistent that's good yeah gotta keep it gotta keep it tight high and tight right that's what yeah. we do that's what we do well um so I just want to kick the show off tonight with a little bit of breaking news that was, that came out when we uh, were going live here is that Marvel Comics just announced they are furloughing their comics division along with other divisions. So that kind of goes divisions? along with the story that they weren't going to be putting out comics at the end of the month like everyone else is. Um, so what I mean, it, it's kind of weird because you, you you hear about 
how everything's on the downslope and they're talking about opening up states and starting to slowly open things back up, but you're still seeing more and more companies at the tail end of this laying people off and furloughing. And it's going to be interesting to see how that affects. It's still just going. You can't. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that affects the, the comic book industry too. And I'll let you know how it's going to affect it right now. Please. If there's no Marvel, there's going to be no Marvel comics. Well, right. That's how it's going to affect the comics. You won't be able to go get fucking Spider-Man. You're right. And X-Men. I will predict. Wait, no. This is what I'm going to predict what's going to happen. You're going to walk into a comic book store. There's not going to be any Marvel. There's going to be a a big gap. I mean, look at that, dude. Fucking (sighs) nailed it. Fuck you, everybody. I nailed it. But you know what's going to happen? They're not going to be fucking there. What's it going to do to Diamond? How is it going to affect Diamond, who's gonna, supposed to be Fuck reopening Diamond. in a few weeks? They got a, There's other comics to ship. Well, let's talk. Well, then let's talk about that too. So DC, it, it, the the longer we go and the the further we get into this dual publishers thing and uh-huh. shippers thing, um, dual publishing. Yeah, bitches. So. How is this going to, the big debate became this Who's going to have dual publishing? How DC. How is this going to affect, or dual distribution, sorry. How no, does, oh, shit. How does this affect the, the value the of the number one? The facts. Yep. How does this affect yep. the value of the number one? Which is the, which is the true number one? Because a lot of the books that are coming out at the end of the week are sitting in diamond warehouses already printed and ready to be shipped, but were never shipped. And now they're doing this new distribution deal with these two other companies. Where's the true? Which one's the true number one? The one that's already printed and sh- sitting they in the warehouse, be. or the they printed them all at the same time. time? I'm sure they printed them all at the same time because they have their own printers. Well, no, because so well, the yeah, but the what do you print, mean? Well, no, they printed all that stuff and what sent it to, well, no. to DC and then Here, reprinted. I'll let I'll let everybody in on a they reprinted comic book secret. They reprinted to do this so new distribution it. deal. So what you do to know that if it's a second print. Comic books have a barcode. What? And I'm going to let you, everybody, in on this little comic book secret. Okay. There's a barcode. All right. And if there's a one at the end, Uh it means it's the first print. No. And if there is another number there, that means it's not. That's how we'll be able to tell. But they're not gonna. You really think they're gonna print them as a second print? No, it's gonna. They're gonna do it like it's a first print. But you're gonna have that debate, just like you have the debate over everything of what the true print first print is. Is it gonna be the stuff that Diamond distributes, or is it gonna be the stuff that these other two companies? It's all gonna be a first print, just like back in the day when it. If you got it from a comic book store, if you got it from Circle K. Right, but that they were still coming from the same distributor, though. Well, Circle K be selling comics. That's interesting. Were they then? Well, I'm assuming oh. so. Are you sure? Were they? Do we have to go to Grizzle Geek for the facts? Let's go to Grizzle I Geek mean, for the facts. Well, I'm I'm in a stead right now. Grizzle Corbin is is here. Um, Grizzle Geek is in spirit. What are you what are you asking? I can do my best answer. When comic books used to go to grocery stores and Circle K's and Seven Elevens, there wasn't one distributor. There was more than one distributor. I'm pretty sure multiple distributors. And over time, it became one distributor. Uh-huh. Now, no. The only difference was there was a direct edition and a, and a store edition. Right now, Kyle's speaking the facts. But now it's just going to be, even if two people ship it out, a first print's a first print. 
Well, I mean, you're going to have the new, the other stuff on different type of paper because they're technically not first prints because they went back and reprinted these issues to put out through this other distributor. I think, what, but is it going to matter? Going to count as a first it, print? What you're saying yes, by the whole it'll be it'll be a first print. Not as a first print. It's going to be a first print. Delays see, and everything. The, the are gone. paper's and different. Means it was yeah, printed later. Exactly. So I'm calling this with market all that. Print. with as petty as as CGC is, and you know this. You don't think there's going to be an asterisk next to it, where it says no. first print and asterisk. Then they might as well do it. Yeah. From, it's not from they Diamond. Okay, Gerdzik said the first to be available will be first print for collecting. It depends what the barcode says. Just like back in the '90s when they didn't go to second, a lot of did a lot of them didn't go to second print. They just printed more first prints. Yeah. It was it's still a first print. So until that... they say that it's a second print, and they run a second print, it's a first print. So we talk about the bubble. We talk about the bubble. We always reference the '90s bubble. Is this okay. a, is this going to start a new '90s but, bubble? But what they're not. But the thing with the '90s bubble is, and I, I, I'm just tired of saying it. Is in the '90s they just kept printing them and printing them and printing them and printing them. Right. Now they're printing a comic book run, and now because of a global pandemic, they're just printing enough to keep going. But now essentially, so it's, not, it's not creating a bubble. Now essentially, not, though. Now if they, but they don't. They're not going to keep printing them so that you're you're. You're comparing apples to oranges right now. But now, essentially, DC's going through three, two, two to three different distributors to distribute comics. That means just, just the, the 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 print runs are going to be bigger. So instead of it being you know three hundred fifty thousand Batman's were printed, they're pushing it to five hundred thousand. It's just making the print runs bigger. It's all it's doing. Can't go well. Technically, since since uh, Lyman. If the other distributor, that's a second print because it's alignment. That's not how they do things. That's not how things are done. I, I, I mean, I get where you're, I get where you're, I'm stepping in what you're laying down, but I still think that there'll be some, there will be some discussion. Yeah. There'll be some discussion. It. There'll be some debate. There'll be some sort of conflict between this book wasn't distributed by Diamond, therefore it's not a first print. Or, you know, versus, oh, well, this book came out first. If the book says print. it's a first print, it's a first print. Who cares where it was printed from? Who cares what, what, so it's like saying, oh, the other beer distributor now brought the beer. That's not the same beer, even though it has the same label and the same bottle. Oh, a different company brought it. That's not the same beer. Is it, it's the, is same, it the same beer? beer? But I think, but aren't you? So if, if the bark, if the barcode is the same, and the barcode says that it's a first print, then why would it be a second print? It's always the same beer. Always. I think you both have. But you see, it, it's, it's creating a bubble because they're going to print. Well, they're going to print. They're. I think they're doing what they need to do to continue afloat. If that's what it takes to keep getting comic books to people then well it's causing a lot of it's causing a lot of turmoil in the industry right now a lot of people are choosing so, sides between walking dead first print there's a black labeled one and a white labeled one there's no asterisk on that but they're from the same distributor though but they were printed differently they were printed at different times why what's the difference the distributor 
Why does with the distributor? I, I think that all the distributor whole- does is the middleman. It takes it from this person and gets it to this person. That's all a distributor does. I just think they don't print. The distributor doesn't print anything. The distributor doesn't. All they do is they're a middleman. So, but that's the whole thing with this. And is that's, that that's D- all they do, though. So DC printed these books up, and they already yeah. sent them to Diamond. They're sitting in the Diamond warehouse. They had to go back to and find a new printer because those books are already printed. Reprint, and then now they're distributing through another company. There's so still technically, first prints, though. They're well. There's no technically about it. It's still a first print. The difference will be was it's the difference will be like thirty five cent variants versus regular ones when they did the 35 cent variants in certain markets those books might be it might be a smaller print run from the new distributor than through what diamond had so they might be a little bit more sought after just for the fact that they are there's a smaller print run for that book just like just like when you look for the uh books with the barcodes from back in the day when you and you're not looking for the direct editions. Those ones are a little bit more sought out. That might only be the difference. But so you don't think that it's going to be like a hotter commodity for that book going from this other distributor? Like like the newsstand, non-newsstand. People want newsstands. People look for non-newsstands. So it's I, – I think it's going to cause a I little bit of turmoil. I just said that. You're cutting out. <laughs> what? I just said all that. <laughs> I think my internet's dropping. Hold on a second. Well, but that's all I'm saying is it's it's a first print is a first print. All a distributor does though is they're not printing and they're not doing it. Just they get sent to a distributor and the distributor makes sure they get to where they go. That's why they're called a distributor. They distribute them. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, mean, I know. Well, uh, <laughs> Obviously, you don't because you're saying that well, I think they're going to print books and these and stuff like that. They all no, they, they, all, no, they already printed is. more books. They went to a different printer than what they used before because that printer's closed. So these are new, freshly printed books being distributed before the, the what was printed before. Because this is causing a huge, a huge discussion and fight in the in the community right now cause that discussion in the community because that's what that especially concerning like you're saying one thing is plain and simple it's printed one distributor it's boom the other thing okay will people find a way to cause a controversy over but the bottom line is that you're right that's going to happen now is ever going to see it as clear cut as Kyle sees it probably not that's yeah and therein lies the question and the discussion it's pretty clear cut though it's just like coke there are distributors everywhere for coke Whoa, so the weird. Coke that you get from oh, you one store is distributed from another one. Is there a difference? Well, you I, go, you go, yeah, this one's from the Arkansas plant. The problem is and people you put it up. Like but, that. And but, those okay, are, but that's not that different much. distributors. They're all they're distributed by the Coca-Cola company, but they're just diff- in different locations. So you, what you're saying is like if it was Diamond well, in like, New Mexico versus it's Diamond Distributed here. by Hensley, or not by Hensley, by... There's another company that distributes beer, and you can't tell which one they came from. Well, yeah, they're but they're all being made in the, the Anheuser Busch. You're there's you see, different plants though. There's right, different Anheuser Busch plants. But you're taking it so literally, and, and like Corbin was just saying, not everyone's going to see it as clear cut as you are. It's pretty clear cut though. 
But mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, I know I agree. We're not disagreeing with you. We're saying, watch next week's time, whatever it's going to be a discussion because the it already is. It already that's books. the reason I brought there it up is because it's already a huge discussion. Well, there you go. So you can plead definitely is clear, guys, and you're right. But how many things? How do we know out there, comic related or otherwise, that should be very simple and people don't understand. Especially when it comes to collecting and things like number ones and distributors, people just get fired up for literally any reason. So, like, this debate will continue, even though what you're saying makes perfect sense. I get what Matt's saying in the sense that this conversation is happening and they're not going to, they're not going to go all of a sudden, you know what? That makes perfect sense. Distributors, number it's not going to click. <laughs> it's just not going to click. It only goes down from here. So I get what you mean, but it's pretty cut and dry though. But then you have, but you would think that, but then you have people out there like our buddy, Rob Liefeld, who you, when you look at a first appearance, it's the first time a character appears in a comic book. Then you got Rob Liefeld going, well, no, that's not his first appearance. His first appearance. Isn't that, that annual just, you know, issue that came out. It's, it's my issue. That's the first appearance. So it, it runs along the same line as that. Like not everyone's going to throw it down as clear cut. As you're laying it out, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying it's pretty that easy. It's it is because a debate it's, it's right now. It's just like okay, like a spot number one. You're not gonna go. Oh, that was the fifth wave. I don't want that one. Do you know? Do you know what? I guess I'm not following what you're what you're dropping. Okay, how many? So there's million. Say there was a million spawns printed. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it all at once. They did it in waves, and so it was selling out. Right. It would sell out. Everybody would reorder it. So you don't look at your spawn book and go, ew, this was the fourth wave of spawn books. I don't want that. It's technically a fourth print. You don't do that. You have no idea. You have no idea when it was printed. It's just a, you just know it's a first print, right? Right. But like I said, it's already causing a debate through the community. Comic book creators are taking sides on it. There, there's people standing with diamond over it. It's, it's already a huge thing. So it's, there's something, there's clearly something that's not as cut and dry as, as you're laying it, laying it down. You know, I understand what you're saying, but I'm saying from the standpoint of the way it's being viewed, it's not being viewed as cut and dry as you're, as you're laying it down. But it is just a reason to bitch. It's really what it is. That's all people are looking for. The, I mean, come on now. We got people doing that because my roots are gray and I need the haircut. So, I mean, people Just are doing a that. reason to bitch. <laughs> That's I, gonna have, I like that ego boost. Oh, my roots are gray and I need the haircut. So people I need are the haircut. So we're going to, exactly. It's going, it's people going crazy. Nope. Did Club y'all see get a haircut. That's the side I'm on. Oh, but the controversy. <laughs> That's the but controversy the that Corbin I doesn't need a haircut. I knew Marvel was doing this when they said what? Not didn't they say around like this afternoon that they weren't going to do um new release next week, print or digital? And I was like, not digital at least. Yep. And then this news out hour later. I mean, my question is, we could talk. We talked about this, and I think it's glad we have this discussion. But in terms of comics in general, how if 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 Marvel is furloughing their employees, boom, DC, who knows what they're doing? Like, yeah, we can look at the long-term future comments, but what with the short-term future comments? What's going to happen? What are we, what are we doing? Not buying comics. Well, I mean, or buying yeah, comics off of Kyle. Dude, yeah. I got them for sale, this man. Is where you get your back issues right now? I'm I guess selling some shit right now. Get your get your back issues from Kyle, where you too can buy a sweet, sweet Spider-Man three hundred, signed by one and only Todd Father. That is sick. Get him from Kyle. 
but I'll admit it was a little hard to hand it to him. You know, it it that it looked so. I saw it on Facebook and I was like, "Whoa!" It's a but nice I really, book. Yeah, it looks good though. Like it's one thing. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. I'm trying to get to that level where I can put some good books up right now. You know what I mean? But short term, to answer your question, short term, I think they're. I don't know. I don't want to say they're screwing the pooch, but Diamond's trying to open and DC's trying to distribute. But the problem is, is a lot of these shops aren't opening. And who knows how long it's going to be before they let them open. Yeah, but a lot of shops are doing curbside pickup. So, yeah. And one other thing, get your books. Well, I mean, up to the ones that aren't being made anymore. Even then, um, are they in the meantime, between time? There's this gap right now as they're transitioning to saying, okay, we might be here for a while. But will comic book stores continue? Will they open up eventually? I'm assuming so. And if so, what is just continued flow of back issues? Like, it's not even about the stories at this point because, of course, no stories. But, like, the future of the shops in in and of themselves. Oh, it's going to be hard for them unless you're – what you need to do in this time – and this is what I'm going to get into with Jesse when he comes on in about an hour. Oh, very excited. Okay. This is is – where we're going into right now is, is will be Jesse conversation. So okay. we'll, you bring this up, you bring that exact question up when we're talking to Jesse and he will, he will be like grizzled geeks. Oh, He's going to give you the facts. Give me the facts. That's all. Okay. It's, I get you. I got you. Cause uh, that was something I was interested in. Also, did y'all see um, the Marvel um, Marvel limited is basically bribing people to read civil war. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> what is that about? It's because they're trying to gear people up to get them behind their whole crossover stuff again because the reputation. Doing another civil war? No, but they're so they're bribing people online. If you go on Marvel Unlimited and and read Civil War, you get like fifteen hundred Marvel bucks or something like that to spend to buy digital comics in there. And it's because they're they're trying to get people to be behind their events, their annual big events again, because people have fallen off on them and their sales well, on their big event. Them, books are why does it matter? Falling off. Well, right. So <laughs> that that just sounds stupid. But that's that's the to answer Corbin's question. That's the whole thing they're doing is they're just trying to draw interest into their big books again. Yeah, it's just yeah. I get you. I mean, I guess that's what all of them are gonna. That's what I guess that's what all of them are going to have to do. Um. Um, what is it called? There. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. Like, go back to their classic ones. Like, a stress no, on, hey, these. Huh? As I was say, Tim just hit it in the chat right there. The problem is the shops can't afford to buy these books because they had already paid for the same book from Diamond three months ago. So that's that's where the, the distributors, you know. So what they're going to do is if they can get them in their hands quicker and they can get them out, what's going to end up happening is, and this is what we were talking about with Fantastic World Comics, is they're going to have to buy some. And then they're going to have to sit on extra inventory mm-hmm. because either wait to get it because they've already they've already you know told Diamond yes I'm going to buy those just in case like it ended up only being a three week thing this stupid fucking box. But if there's a chance to keep selling books, you're going to buy them and you're and you're going to start selling them to your customers and there's just going to be a small gap of where you're just going to kind of have to have extra back issues and you're just going to have to sell them off for cheaper back stock and wait for them to get big. But unfortunately you can't, I mean, you just can't order anymore and then you'll just have to pick up later. I don't know how that works because I'm not a comic book store. 
that'd be a, that'd be a good that'd be a good question to ask Jesse then is how that ordering works and like how all of this would affect a shop's ordering and and everything like that to get into that touch that base with that shop even though he doesn't do new books but I'm he's like the he knows the, yeah he he knows from experience so but what were you saying Corbin before I, I interrupted you I just kind of wanted like to get that cake. out before no, no. we changed topics here. No, you're fine. I was saying that I could see more. I mean, that's another. I don't know if we're going to get to that now or, or coming down in the future. What is going on with DC Universe? Like, is that still good with HBO Max, like pushing it out? And I hope I get like good info from you either way because I'm thinking about like re upping for my DC Universe. And I don't know, you know, if I should do that. Go to Desert Geek if you want to know. <laughs> okay. I, was, I listened to them t- a little bit today, but I think I asked the question just as they were transitioning. Hey, to listen time. to that. Listen to that. He's like, I listened to them a little bit today. I, I was on it. I, I listen. I'm not always on the chats. No, I do. Someone... I do have to shout out Grizzle Geek real quick and and say, guys, if you want, if you enjoy us and you're looking for something to to tide you over till we go live, check out Grizzle Geek Friday nights. They they shout us out and tell their audience to come check us out after their show. And so they don't. Definitely, definitely check them out at six o'clock on YouTube. <laughs> they're they're an entertaining show. Um, also, but. To answer your question, I think DC is going DC on or the DC streaming service is going to be Marvel Unlimited. I think their content is going to go start going to HBO Max and Sci-Fi, um, and you're going to have so all the DC content will be on Marvel. The DC Online will just be for the the comic stuff. That, well, that's what I was uh, hoping would happen anyway. Because here's my thinking, and this is why it's so weird. It's like from the comic book guy, you have. Unlimited for the Marvel comics. You have DC Universe for DC comics and like DC movies, TV shows, the like. Then you have Disney Plus for Marvel movies, TV shows, the like. So it's like you could seriously have DC Marvel and uh and and Marvel Limited, DC Plus, DC Disney Plus and Marvel Limited for each different avenue. So I would prefer if you had the two video sites. Fine, HBO Max, Disney Plus for your Warner Brothers. Um, Marvel, whatever, adjacent content. And then if you're just a comic book reader, you can use DC Universe or Marvel Limited. I, I like the hybrid approach that the DC Universe went into, what, two years ago? But I didn't think it was for long anyway, just because that format... They should call it Darvel Unlimited and just have them both. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you can't take Marvel Universe, so I'm with you on that. But it's like, that right now is the best part of DC Universe, especially with after we saw what happened to Swamp Thing. Harley Quinn's been really good. But, I mean, you're not putting out content as much as you want. Teen, um, Titans Season, what, 2 had mixed reviews. So we're really going there for the comics. You can't just get rid of that with HBO Max and the comics disappear. So I'm hoping that they evolve into that. No, but, the comics. I mean, that's all I'm asking. But it feels like DC put so much into it. You know what I mean? That they don't want it to go, but I feel like that's where they're, they're heading off. I don't think they have anywhere to stand. I think this coronavirus, too, would shutting down production of all this stuff and how, who knows what kind of delay and effect this is going to have in the production moving forward. So they can't produce content the same way a Disney plus can. So, I mean, Mar- Disney has not only their own content, Pixar content, Marvel content, star Wars content. They all got stuff they can keep putting out. DC doesn't have that, that ability. So yeah, but are you really watching all that Pixar and fucking Disney shit? I'm not. I mean, I, there's a ton of people out there are that are. I tune in garbage. for like, I tune in for like the movies and the TV shows, but like I think I don't need a year pass for that. I thought like I give me a month, I catch up on everything, and then it's like all right, I'm good. And like honestly, if DC Universe went to just comics, I would just have the Marvel Limited subscription and the DC Universe subscription be fine. 
because I could buy the movies if I really wanted that badly. Right. I actually, I stupidly bought two DC like movies on YouTube for like four bucks: Batman: The Dark Knight Returns and I forgot the other one because I thought I could download it onto my device and you could only watch it in the app. And it's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, you can only watch yeah. so stupid. So you thought it was going to be like Voodoo where you could purchase it and, and watch it other places. Yeah, huh? like I bought stupid. it. Like, it's mine. So what is it like? What is it? So and now I'm I'm starting to realize I should just probably I'm not gonna talk about what I should have done, but should have done it. Fuck that shit. But yeah, I think that answers that yeah. answer your question. That yeah, no HBO Max is is the way to go. I think moving forward for DC Comics. Clop. Because all their stuff is being released on, on, on both platforms anyway, so just and we just HBO have to Max. hope they continue to keep DC Universe as a comic resource. And if they listen, that that would honestly be great. Because I'm even as I'm looking, talking, I'm scrolling down, just looking at the series. And like, if you take that concept and just say, okay, we're going to be Marvel Unlimited, just the DC um, verse or DC side of it, I think you're good there. But we'll see. Because I think you're right. Man. Like all of it's going there, and they're not even trying to hide it. That or CW. I ain't trying to hide it. I think. Oh, I think the fact that they're pushing um, the Harley Quinn animated series out to sci-fi tells you that they're looking for for help. Like they're not. I thought they were doing that anyway. It's just going to be the edited version. Well, Well, I know they're putting it on when Futurama would be on. Yeah, but even them just pushing it out because you don't see them pushing out Titans or Doom Patrol or Swamp Thing or any of their other content to mainstream TV, but they're pushing out Harley Quinn. Why? I think it's to get their content out there. It's not, I don't think the app is, is because a lot of people like Harley Quinn. Yeah. But wouldn't that be a more draw to, for you to buy the network to come there to watch it instead of putting on, on TV. Isn't that the whole draw is if you got this, this show that people want to see, they're going to come by and subscribe to, or sign up for a free membership to your service to watch that show and now you're just giving it to people on on cable television perfect i mean they're yeah. still making money from it yeah but i guess i guess what matt's saying and i kind of get is like what is the plan because right now we can all surmise that okay they're gonna take this over to um hbo max that's where this is going they're promoing on everything else right but they're not coming on saying oh by the way i mean just what beginning of this year they ran this promo for new ep- new shows that they wanted to develop specifically for dc universe and they end up choosing this stupid card playing game like their collider or some shit whatever and it's like you're trying to develop more content for this dc universe platform even though you know that you're going to transfer that stuff over to HBO, CW, outsource it. So it's like, does the right hand know what the left hand is doing in terms of their general direction? And I don't know, DC in general, why do they just, why do I feel like they are just so lost all the time? Because they're constantly behind the eight ball <laughs> and everything they do other than, I mean, except for maybe their comics, but they're, as far as like their movies and, and stuff like that, they're constantly behind the eight ball. Their streaming service behind the eight ball, like they, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know what they were thinking when when Disney or not Disney when when DC Universe came out, but I think they thought it was going to be this massive platform and they're going to be able to do all this stuff. But I don't think they. I think they thought that maybe their interest was going to be higher than it has been. Um, the, the I wonder how many subscribers they have. No idea. I haven't looked. 
Oh, like Wait, DC Universe numbers? What or yeah, what are you subscriber about? numbers? Yeah, I'm looking now. <laughs> Chad, oh, my left hand knows what my right hand is doing, and the left is jealous. Always. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh man. Jeez, I'm not. I don't know if they did. I'm sure somewhere they've just they've let everybody know just the numbers. All, all, yeah, all I'm saying right now is these universe assuring subscribers is still going strong, and that was like oh. last year when they first announced. Shut that, that damn dog up! Right. I don't know what he's barking at. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Again, uh, uh, Grizzle Geek, if you're on the case, you know, help me out with the facts. But <laughs> from what I'm looking, I'll do some more searching for that. But that's. Right now, it doesn't look super great for them. They're adding content, but I mean, they said what twenty four percent of the users are subscribing to it for a month, so it's been it's been weird. They're watching their con the content. They're not retaining subscribers. People are going there, watching what they want to watch, and then they're and then they're canceling their contracts. They're not. I, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people did with Disney Plus as well. Oh yeah, I just I just did it just now. <laughs> Disney Plus, <laughs> Disney Plus offers more though. I think in in that terms, like I still have DC Plus or Disney. Plus, what the fuck? I still have Disney Plus. But well, like, I can't help myself into buying it for a year. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Matt. No, like, I, I get what you're saying in the sense that the content for me, like, okay, if it's comics, I'll reread comics. If it's movies, I'll rewatch movies. But I'm not going to pay 69 for a year to watch anything when I could watch it on YouTube or go watch it on D. In that sort of sense. And outside of the Disney, and st- I mean, for me, unless I have like 3 a.m. hankerings to watch Beauty and the Beast. I mean, I've already and seen. And that doesn't happen. Exactly. So I don't know. You, why? Why do you? Why do you keep? As far as Matt keeping, like you keep having. Is this a year plan, or do you just say, "Hey, I have a continued need for this product"? What on Disney Plus? Because mm-hmm. there, there's stuff I want to watch on it. If I want to watch any Star Wars movie in 4K, boom, it's right there. Do I want to watch the old '90s X-Men that you can't find anywhere else? Boom, it's there. Right. Old Spider-Man, old Spider-Man, boom, it's there. Darkwing Duck, one of my all-time favorite cartoons, boom, it's there. Have you, know? you ever watched them all already? I've watched Darkwing Duck probably twice since I've had Disney Plus. Boom. But it, it's still it's still stuff I like to go back and, and sit there and, and be nostalgic with. Grizzle Geek says started at 143,000 and it's down to 40 and it's down 41%. So the math that would be like 59k. Damn, Grizzle how did you do that, that quick math, Matt? Grizzle Geek did it for me in the chat. <laughs> Trust me, my math ain't that quick. I wasn't. You, I, I would need all you, my fingers and toes to count that one. <laughs> I need all my fingers and toes for that one. But that's that's what I keep Disney Plus for, and they're bringing out new content. Like they're they're bringing out a Mandalorian documentary on May the fourth, and about the making of the first season with all the behind the scenes content. And they're gonna bring out the you if you want to watch all the Marvel shows to keep up with the movies, I guess. connect to the movies. You got to have it for that. And it's seven bucks a month, you can't go wrong for it. Like they, there's so I don't much know. Content. Every time I turn it on, I'm just like, I flip through. I'm like, dude, I've literally watched Star Wars episodes four, five, and six so many times, and I look at it, and I, you know where I end up? I end up watching The Simpsons. Like like onward when they put onward in there i one i didn't have to pay an outrageous a video on demand fee to watch it i didn't have to go try to fight people at red books box to watch it i didn't have to pay for it it's right there it's already there i you see know? i see what you mean. i might do the month i'm one of those guys who like to buy for the year but i could totally see myself doing disney plus and then 
regretting it for the entire year going like, okay, like for me, I'm very much the Marvel 90s, like you said, the stuff you can't really find or the stuff I'm stupid enough to try to buy bootleg at Comic-Cons, the 90s Marvel stuff, boom, like that's me or the Marvel movies, but like I could give a crap about the Mandalorian documentary, like that's not yeah. something well, I could watch Lion King once and then be like, okay, and Dark Queen Duck has nothing on me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing there. I guess your mileage may vary for those types of things. Where for me, if I'm reading comics, I know that there is thousands of comics and they're being added. The possibility of reading them all is not likely. Right? I could rewatch Disney Plus? How many times? Oh, no, no. I'm talking about, um, I'm sorry. I'm comparing it to Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe. As far as the, <laughs> the replayability or the value continued upon, you know, more than just... Where, like Matt said, he can continue to go back to that well and find satisfaction from it. Where I'll go into it like once or twice and then be like, "Let me yeah, ask. Let me ask right. you this, though. Disney. Right. There, here's the difference. Disney Plus's main de- demographic it's aimed at families with kids. So if you had small kids, would you be more invested in keeping a Disney Plus subscription? Which which is more bang for your buck and offers you more value with entertaining small children in this time? Is it going to be like DC or is it going to be Disney Plus? For being single and childless, but no, I'm fine. You're you're right. I mean, obviously, it would be yes. I'm shaming you for being single, young, single, and, yeah. and childless. Exactly. It, you know, I feel it. It hurts. I'm, I'm shaming not you. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I see exactly what you mean, man. It makes perfect sense. You're right. In, in and a podcast I, where one fourth of the hosts have kids, I'm shaming just you. You know, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Whoops. Listen, Whoops. I'm 25. Old. But the point is, um, yeah, I get what you mean. That makes it makes perfect sense. I just, I guess that would explain why for me it's not as good. But then again, even Kyle agrees with me, and Kyle is the one of the one fourth with kids. So, like, I think it kind of stands to reason that your mom's may vary on that. It's like the coronavirus kind of throwing all of the, the streaming things out of whack because even with Disney Plus, you're going to get the documentary. How much more continued content are you going to get in the coming months? Well, you're gonna get Mandalorian season two. They haven't pushed. They haven't pushed that yet. I don't think. So I think Are, that, that uh, comes out at the end of the year. Okay. Um, like, is it done and just like waiting for relief, or is it still like? I think it's do you in, think their right final. May, I thought it got put on hold with all the other damn coronavirus I, shit. I thought it was already it was already shot, and they're doing the the post production stuff on it. So, as far as I've heard, I don't think I don't think they've pushed it yet from the November release date. So far they've pushed movies and I think they're even talking about still going forward with a lot of their, their Marvel TV shows. I don't know how many of those have been pushed yet, but last I, last I read Mandalorian was still on track for a November release. October. I mean, what's that? October. October release. Then what's no, what's November then? November must be, um, uh, winter soldier Falcon Falcon winter soldier. So yeah, Tim says Kyle, your opinion doesn't count because you don't pay for any of them. I pay for Disney Plus. <laughs> I just don't play for DC. And I actually, to be honest, I actually forgot about DC. Wow. I mean, I don't blame this. I. But that doesn't mean change the password, Tim. I did the same thing though too. Like I, I wasn't gonna buy Disney DC. The only thing I want DC for is to watch new seasons of Titans and Doom Patrol. That's it. Then I then I have yeah, no interest it, in it. The new season of Titans, I wish I hadn't paid for it. I mean, I'm certainly for the comics. And like, I'm going to buy like the, the Batman animated series, thing, but I'll once in a while have the hankering to watch those classic episodes. You know what I mean? So it looks that, like, sorry, Mandalorian season two, it looks like 
they just finished filming it in the nick of time. Yeah. See, look at fucking Bruce. Kyle doing research over there. Right look at, at the end Kyle, of Mark. Look at Kyle going. He's got those fucking dual monitors set up, and he's he's on top of it now. Kyle for the research. Kyle on top of it. On top of it, Kyle. Someone has to be. Right? Well, that's what I got Grizzle Geek for, because he just said the same thing. He said they have worked to do on two episodes and are on, po- on post for the rest on track still. So, okay. you know, that... Well, they've got you're, you're good. They've got the good content, and they offer you the nostalgia. So if you were if you're a fan of all those old like Disney Channel original movies in the the late '90s and early 2000s, or the old movies from the '90s when you were a kid, like The Mighty Ducks or Heavyweights or Blank Check, or anytime you want to have that nostalgia callback, that's the place to go to go because they have all that. And and HBO Max is going to offer the same thing. Like if you want to go watch I Friends, know. I get a hankering about every three weeks to watch Blank Check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know about know. you. You never but... know. But, you know, they go back oh, and I know. Disney Max has the rights to Friends and all these other shows and movies and Disney Max? Or sorry, HBO. What's that? HBO Max, sorry. Don't come here all... for the facts. Yeah, you got me all kind of <laughs> thrown around here. Disney... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I did say Disney Max. But the movie, the, the, so, the what do you guys DC think? DC Unlimited Max Marvel. Yeah, there you go. Um yeah, <laughs> Michael Stop. My kids just finished watching Johnny Tsunami, classic Disney Channel original movie, right there. <laughs> but um, what do you guys think of? Uh, got the news. Venom Two is going to be called um, Let There Be Carnage. What, what's your thoughts? I'm hesitant. Really? Why, Kyle? Because Venom blew. You didn't like it. It was a piece of shit movie. It was garbage. The entire thing was garbage. And did you see Tom, hey, I'm the Tom nerd Hardy? Venom. I'm, the, uh, 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 I'm Tom Hardy. I'm going to run around sweaty in a sweater for two hours. Fuck off, Tom Hardy. And there was a picture Tom Hardy posted on Twitter of him, his Venom fighting Spider-Man, and then he quickly removed it. So do you think Spider-Man comes into this? And what if that's the case, what do you think bringing in the, the vessel that brought Venom into the MCU in the first place after Venom's already established does to Well, it. maybe hopefully for one, we actually get the Venom emblem on because that was what I was excited for, like that big hulking white spider that hypes me. But I mean, anyway, it's like I get... I, I think bring Spider-Man, obviously there's a whole new level of intrigue and interest for it. power. But, <laughs> what I also think, and this is why I push back, Kyle, I really think that Venom, as fierce as they try to make it seem and rated R and whatever, I think that they're really, really digging into the campiness of it. Like, I don't think they took themselves seriously in that. You know what I mean? Like, they took it seriously enough to make a movie, but like, when I watched it again, the first time I walked down, I was like, oh, that sucked. Down to the um, song Venom, 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 with Eminem, I was like, oh, God. <sighs> When I watched it again, I was like, nah, I think that they were kind of just being lighthearted with it. Even as they took scenes when they took, like, Ride of Venom or whatever, they took scenes with Anne having the Venom symbiote on for a minute, straight out of the comics and things like that. Like, there were moments that were, like, Easter eggs, but I feel like all in all, it, was, it wasn't a family movie, but it was like a garbage movie. It was a dumpster fire of a movie. They made a lot of money, though. Mr. McClay. What's up, guys? back. Hey. But, like, with Carnage one, yeah, I think it's going to be over the top. Woody Harrelson, the Venom, I, Carnage, I think it's going to be corny. But I think people are going to be, I think people are going to... That's what it's going to suck. That's what sucks about it. 
Carnage and Venice. That shit should not be corny. No, it shouldn't. It should be dark. Oh, yeah. So the so like that's what's gonna make it garbage. Is is exact Carnage denim that none of it should none of that should be campy. None of it should be like corny. That shit should be fucking like those are badass characters that they need to not make fucking corny nor campy. I agree a hundred percent, brother. And if they do it, the movie's gonna be garbage. Yes. Yep, but also that movie should be like the hardest R-rated movie you've yes. seen in your life. <laughs> yes. But here's another question I have about that though. If they're making it hard, they can't go too hard if there's a possibility, even the slightest possibility, that they'll bring Spider-Man in because Spider-Man's tone is anything but that. Why? It's, it's yeah. Sony. He's Sony property. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, they can, but if they're really trying to get Spider-Man into it, they don't want to have a rated R film, and then you have to tone Venom down for the Spider-Man movie or amp Spider-Man up for the Venom movie. Well, right now, what? Is Spider-Man PG-13 or whatever? You have that rating. You had a, a, Venom, a, Venom, a, rated, a rated R Venom movie that was... Really not, I guess, rated R. And then you put it together, and then hopefully it tempers out because you're not gonna. What are you gonna make? You're gonna make. Would you rather have the Venom you saw in this first movie or make Venom what he is now in the first Venom Spider-Man match? I I, I think. I think you're thinking too too much into it because look, Spider-Man's not gonna. Venom's not gonna show up in Spider-Man Three. That they've already got that set. You know, so you're gonna have him show up. Maybe Spider-Man Four about that time if they make a fourth one. About that time, those rights, that Disney deal becomes up and they can do whatever they want. Whatever they do with Venom, even if it, even if it includes Spider-Man, doesn't affect what Marvel's doing with their MCU stuff and has no weight or effect on it. So you could have them see Spider-Man rock the black suit for some reason in, in Venom 2 and it has no bearing on what happens in, in the Marvel movies moving forward. So... That's why they're trying to build that whole universe around Spider-Man at Sony. That's all they've got. All they've got right now is is Spider-Man stuff. That and, and Bad Boys, and that's if Bad Boys even does a fourth movie. So I don't think. I think I that movies are going to be kind of screwed for a little bit, no matter what. But yeah, who knows? For sure. Um. I it'll be interesting to see we were just talking uh, um, when I get into the top 10 a little bit later uh, you'll see why but we were talking about you know the difference if you look at kind of what's going on with spec right now why isn't you would think that the, the carnage first appearance carnage would be shooting through the roof but it's not because I think it's because it already did that when it's, they were first talking about it before it shot way up and then it kind of and then it kind of the market got a little bit flooded with carnage. But I think people, I think people are so. I don't know if the first movie ruined that or not. I didn't think it was terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. But I, I hope that the first movie didn't ruin any spec on carnage because I think carnage is one of the best characters in comics. I found well, them in a dollar bin. <laughs> I found two of them. Wow. Well, you know what, Kyle? You put yours in the dollar bin for me. Make well, it I, it, it's it's funny. I kept one and I gave one to my a buddy of mine that was a big Carnage fan. And I was like, "Oh, fuck!" And I paid a dollar for him. Here, you can just have it. Wow! You, and I, I showed I, it up, and he's like, "Do you want it back?" So I was like, "No, nah, man, fuck that. I gave it to you. Keep it. I don't give a fuck. It's just a comic book." Hey, when I go up there for my and if anybody's looking to buy some, I might see. have some for sale. 
The other thing, though, too, is that you already know. You already know that the carnage is is the way he comes into the story in the comics is not what's going to happen in the books. I I guarantee there's probably going to be no relation between him and and the Venom symbiote. But this is why I don't think I was going over the top, Matt. I don't think that they can make him. I think, like you were saying, Brian, they're already going to do it. They're already, like, you have to come out with the expectation that they are already going to do it a disservice. Because they made Venom from what Venom was into what he is now. They're going to take um, Carnage and make him probably toned down, probably goofier. And and the funny thing is that Carnage and Venom have goofy elements already. But they're going to go heavy into that. Maybe Carnage will have a couple of good kills or something to go, oh, wow, he's really scary. But he's not going to be anywhere near the terror. I mean, we remember his first appearance. He was going and taking people out and saying he was doing it just because he could. You know what I mean? Like, that was, in, in, when, I mean, even all these years later reading that, what, it was uh, oh, Amazing Spider-Man 361? I'm yeah. reading it going, oh, snap. Like, this guy's like, I'm doing it because I can't. Just some random dude. And I was like, all these years later, oh, like, wait a second. And I know Carnage is crazy, but just realizing that, like, oh, he has no rules, you know? They can't, I don't think they're going to do that in this movie. But I think that if I go in expecting that they won't, I won't be disappointed. I bet you so there's a, I bet you Venom 3 is going to be called Maximum Carnage. Oh, it, no, please, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be offended by that. I think, I honestly think that, whoa, for me personally, and I'm sure someone, someone in this podcast will scrutinize me for it. I think they should do where, yeah, where, um, the first movie is, is Tom Hardy investigating, like doing the more of the reporter stuff and investigating more of the, the killings of Cassidy. But well, well, I'm don't sorry. See him. What? <laughs> when you said that, it reminds me. No, you know how they all say, "I want Batman to be more of the detective." Yes, just I know. I know. I had to- you see him like in, you know, you could have more smaller villains in there, but he's kind of looking, you know, investigating, looking into Cassidy, and you don't see Cassidy get the the Carnage suit until like maybe the after credit scene, and then the next movie. But I know you're gonna see it in, in this one, and it's it's gonna probably be campy and bad, just like the first one was. No, please. I just, I mean, I have hope, but not much. But I, I agree with Brian and Kyle. That movie's got to be like the hardest R-rated movie you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, it. That spawned. They should make it closer to a horror movie. Yeah, it should be a horror movie. Yeah. Well, I gotta get some ice over here. Yeah, I doubt we're gonna get that. Unfortunately, I just don't think that they have it in them. I think we're the movie studios are ready for that type of movie. It's almost like when they said New Mutants is going to be a horror movie. I just, where's the last hard terror? Like, when's the last time we saw a rated R movie done justice to outside of Daredevil? And that's probably because of the easiest archetype of, of, um, like, easiest archetype of like an R rated movie to make, like the wisecracking death thing. You know what I mean? Venom and them, they have a lack of that. So when's the last time we saw a movie that was radar marketed in that way that actually worked? They don't. They don't do that. Watchmen. You know what? There you go. What? I think Watchmen, Watchmen was ex- executed perfectly and I even think that the change they made from it being a new, you know, the change they made in taking out the giant squid they was, had to. was a perfect change. Yeah. It worked, per- it worked flawlessly. Watchmen and Dark Knight 2 are, I think, my two favorite comic book movies because of how they played out. Yeah. Like, perfectly. Like, the, they, everything that they did was, was, was calculated 
to the perfect Yeah, Tim says Deadpool and Logan. Oh, thank you, Tim. How did I forget Deadpool? I mean, not Deadpool, Logan. Yeah, I I thought that you were thinking of Deadpool and Logan the whole time. Oh, no, Logan slipped my mind entirely, but I think that's because I didn't come with expectations of, oh, it's going to be real Wolverine. You know what I mean? I was kind of looking at from the – I remember my thoughts, and it wasn't that. But he's right. Like, that was one where it was like, oh, it's going to be dark, and it was darker than even I thought it was going to be for that type of movie. Deadpool was just, I'm sitting there going, okay, will the studio do it justice? Where I kind of knew that Logan was going to be okay, in my opinion. But yeah, that that was, that is true. I just, I don't see that happening with Venom. I didn't think, I thought for a moment it might happen. Then I saw the commercial where it's like, once he said, like a turd in the wind, I was like, yeah, we're not getting it. Like, like, <laughs> like that's what I, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not getting what I wanted. And then at the end, when Woody Harrelson with that goofy wig, with the with the carnage, there's gonna be some carnage. I was like, okay, we're not getting that either in the next movie. So like, it's always like a scene where I'm like, okay, I'm not getting what I want. Like, well, and now he doesn't even have the wig. Know? He's got like some like pompadour style haircut now, and it's just not. I have major Kristen Wig uh, cheetah vibes off of that. Like the villain in itself, you know, the comic history, you know it. Like they're they're actually legit. But I feel like I'm gonna get some like. Jim Carrey Riddler with these types of villains. He's he's rocking some uh, real Ghostbusters Peter Venkman animated series style hair. That's that's what it, the the newest pictures of him looks like. So really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the like curly locks. He's got the like red, weird red hair. It looks really weird. That, I'm gonna have to check that out because that, that I'm looking at it, trying to look for it right now. It looked ridiculous when I saw it. Like as soon as I thought, I wasn't like Did some people were hyped and I gaslight. Yeah, <laughs> garnish by gaslight. <laughs> Solo Wookie says, "Grease lightning, fuck that grease venom." Bam, writes <laughs> itself. How does hit me with the stray? I wasn't even expect. Bang. <laughs> yeah, uppercut. Oh man. Yeah, you're welcome. But, uh, <laughs> Kind of real quick before Jesse joins us here. Why don't we do the hot 10? In 30 minutes. Do you want to do the hot 10 now or? Yeah. And then we can, and then we'll do the hot 10 and then we'll, we'll get geared up for Jesse and we'll start introing and talking about him. And then he should be hopping on soon after that. I want to get you guys real quick opinion a little bit on. uh, Fuck what I have to say. (laughs) Alex. Go for it, Matt. No, I was just trying to hit the title. The main thing of the show with Alex Trebek. Oh, my bad. Oh, okay. What happened with Alex Trebek? It basically, so in 2016 on Jeopardy, which what what do you think the culture and the demographic who watch Jeopardy is? Yeah. Nerds, right? I, I watch. So I would say older men. So he has a contestant on, and, and women, and like he asks her. He asks her what kind of music she listens to, and she says, uh, "Nerdcore hip hop." So you know what nerd? Do you know what nerdcore hip hop is? Are you familiar with that genre? Yeah, like MC Chris. Well, yeah, so they, yeah, basically, so they rap hip hop songs about pop culture and comic book stuff and and things like that, and and so she tells him that, and he goes like, "Baby, no money." Yeah, and he was like, and "She's like nerd stuff," and and he goes, "Oh, so basically means you're a loser." And so yeah. basically, he called all nerds losers, and then as in this whole pandemic thing, since people are are quarantined, people have found that clip and have started reposting it now. And are taking shots at, at Alex Trebek for for calling, basically calling nerds losers. And the poor guy's dying of fucking cancer. No, he's done, man. He's good. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. 
He beat pancreatic cancer? Yeah, he's in the fucking, he's in that 3%. Which is why I can't get mad at him. You look pancreatic cancer in the eye and you say, no. I'm with you, bro. Fuck you, I'm in fucking jeopardy. You look to cancer. What is fuck you, cancer? (laughs) (laughs) I'll take fuck you, cancer for 600 Yeah. He goes up to the cancer, he's like, I'm not a loser. Those nerds are. Right. That's how it happens. And there you go. That's why I can't get mad at him. Here, I'll play it real quick. <laughs> Copyright <laughs> strike, here we come. Who cares? <laughs> I really, I really don't either. What does the 2020 census mean for Arizona? Okay, for I your really, community? Fuck yeah. I hate ads. For your family. The 2020 census helps us plan for Arizona's future. Okay. I'm not so awesome. So I'm not going to fucking deal with ads. Why don't you mute it and just let it play? There. Yeah. I was not giving the ad myself while but you talked over it. You were just being rude. Smart decision. I apologize for being rude, sir. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My apologies there. on being rude, oh, sir. Or okay. <laughs> you just watch this ad on. Well, yeah, you're right, Tim. You could be anything with enough money. Ask Magic Johnson. Right. Uh, ad plug for... Uh, but that's okay. not 100% true because it didn't... Favorite type of music. Money wasn't enough for... Um, what's his favorite name? Favorite type. Apple guy. Oh, Tim... Uh, no, sir. No, not Tim Cook. Um, Steve Jobs. Yes. Steve Jobs. All right, here we go. Her favorite type of music is something I've never heard of, but it... Doesn't sound like fun. I think it's very fun. It's called nerdcore hip hop. It's nerdcore hip hop. She yes. doesn't listen um, to it's, that for uh, me. She's stupid. People who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners. You know, <laughs> it's really catchy and fun. Losers, in other words. Well, <laughs> yeah, so you just like fucking fucking baller status. The balls on Alex Trebek. You're. Fucking loser, lady. I think that came out. He was meaning to say something different and it came out wrong, but I'm all for it. Losers. What do you think you meant to say? I don't know. Just trying to I'm just trying to give him give him a way out because I'm fucking Alex Quebec fan. I, I did I too, solo Wookiee. I did want to hear more about Arizona. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> but that's funny that he just thinks all all you nerds are losers, so there you go. You think you nerds are losers? Applaud, applaud Alex Trebek. Yeah, Kyle's his favorite nerd. Kyle's the only nerd that he Listen, likes that isn't a fucking loser. He told if, me that yesterday. You know the difference between uh, what's it called? Um, what's that one stupid movie? Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and uh, the, the Hobbit. Chronicles of Narnia. If you know the difference yeah. between the two, then you're a fucking loser. Simple as that. Yeah. If you don't know I'm that J.R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit. Shut no, up, Tim. Don't be fucking... I don't want to hear your voice of reason. Who wastes time like that? You might as well be reading that listening to nerd or hip-hop the entire time, but not I. I just want right. to put that out. All right, Brian, go ahead. You can run down the, the top ten before you want, and then we set up for Jesse, and we'll be golden. Yeah, let's do we're it. out of here. <clears throat> right. Number ten. Number, number, number ten. Tell us number ten. This is uh, probably my favorite... Book. Oh. Um, book in the whole list this week. Look how fucking gorgeous that cover is. Dude, everything is cool about that cover. Amazing Fantasies number four, Golden Age book. Would you think that was a Golden Age book, just seeing it like that? It looks to like me, something that Rob Zombie like, had something to do with. 
Yeah, that looks like a Tim, a Bruce Tim, like variant cover to some uh, indie book. You know what I mean? So look at the robot, the chick's dress, how it pops, how it looks like it's actual satin. Uh, the purple, the red, the yellow, the alien in the background, the roses. Um, that's probably one of the best covers I've ever seen. Uh, this is a crazy book. It uh, recently sold. It's funny because we were talking about it, and I said, man, I got to get my hands on that book. And he goes, yeah, good luck. Because it recently sold for, uh, I think, an 8.5, which is pretty damn high grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, 8.5 is like for to 10, us, 10, like book? A 10 is a 10. An 8.5 of a Golden Age book is like a 10 for us. Um, so an 8.5 sold this week for four grand. Uh, and I couldn't imagine having this cop, this, uh, a book like this from the golden age that looks like this cover and that nice of, you know, grade. So just to present, I would throw that sucker on my wall any day, man. It's a cool book. My grandma called me the other day. She found some old 10 cent comics at her house while she was looking for something. So I got to go over there this weekend and see what she found. Fuck yeah. I Golden Age, man, it's nice. The only problem is you, it's hard, hard finding it in good condition. Most Golden of them Golden are, Age comics in an 8.5. Where it's at? Yeah. Golden Age comics in an 8.5. It, most, most Golden Age books are like detached covers or falling apart. Yep. Or, so. All right, here we go. On to the next one. This is a fun one this is uh masters of the universe this is the series that took place in between the marvel and the image runs dude she has a sword coming out of her nose this is a this is a frank quietly uh wraparound variant that is badass the other side is um skeletor and i just couldn't find a a picture fast enough to throw it up there but you can see his staff right there this is a really really tough book to find um it's uh old school um mvc creations is the name of the company val staples actually wrote it and val, if you guys know val staples from um like uh, a lot of robert kirkman stuff um but anyways for uh this is a mvc he-man and it's very very difficult to obtain a raw copy sold this week for three hundred dollars nice a raw copy that's so, crazy it just goes to show you, man, there's books out there that we just don't know about and uh, could be worth a lot of money. If I saw this book in a back issue bin, I'd buy it, but I wouldn't guess it was worth more than 10 bucks. You no, know? you wouldn't think anything about it. You just, that's a cool cover. Pick it up for a couple bucks, just throw it into a box, and it's just something cool that you got. Yeah. Just not uh, this next one, I had 0.5. Yeah. This next one is uh, uh, one that's been on the list so many times I can't even you know count. And I- I'm all for it because I'm a big fan of this character. I'm a big fan of uh, this st- Star Wars time period. This is Arizona. And uh, what? Vader. I'm a big fan of Vader, <laughs> man. And I, I want to see anything I can uh, on the big screen about the Vader uh, after um in between when he became vader and uh episode four that's what i want to see that's part of the original series that came out a few years back right yeah this is what the series came from so this is 
this Star Wars Darth Vader run from the Marvel, the new Marvel books that came out a couple of years ago, is uh, that time period. And it's so much fun to watch because you got bat Vader is just a badass motherfucker in this comic. And the, this character is a great character. Um, she's like a, a like a, a engineer tech that makes robots. And Vader needed obviously needed some new protocol droids, so she made them these two new protocol. These are the new two new protocol droids. They look like you know uh, C three PO, but all black. And I think is one's named Zero, and the other one's named like Triple Six or something like that, if I remember Fuck correctly. Yeah, Triple Six. Uh, what, what's driving is- this book? What's driving the spec on this book? Three so six mafia. Here's what's driving the spec on this book. It's 100 because there's rumors that there's a new live action uh, universe Disney show that they're going to be basing on female Star Wars characters, and they haven't released the name of the main character, and everybody thinks it's Afra. Oh, so this is this is just everybody's guess. Yeah. And this is a shot uh, first prints of this book up to $35 a copy raw. So, and there's, there's multiple prints of this book. I think there's like eight, seven Damn. prints. I might Tim have says that it's book. triple zero and BT one. Yeah. Triple zero and BT one. So anyways, uh, although this here it's going to be six, six, six. Cause that's fucking cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a sweet book. I, I love this book. So I, I think I probably have 30 of copies of this book. Which um, one? Hold on. Let me see that. Oh, that one? Yeah. I think I've got a few. Yeah. I, I was telling everybody, buy this book, buy this book, buy this book, because there's she's bound to catch on. Uh, female character, uh, young, fucking tattoos and fucking techie and builds badass protocol droids it's just, and then that means that if every nerd's dream, wet dream we can see some badass vader shit man i want to see vader like you know out there kicking ass and fighting jedis and shit so hot chicks and vader fuck yeah that's the one thing everybody wants to see with vader though is the the him slaughtering children yeah <laughs> Uh, number nine is, uh, this crazy one punch man free comic book day. And it's a bunch of bullshit. Why it's on the list. Because it's uh, a Netflix re- show. Well, not only that, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of spe- specular around the character, but this isn't the first appearance of the character. Basically what happened is that, that key collector guy, I don't know if he made a mistake or if he was meaning to put this up, but he put this on his, on his books to look out for list and it shot it up to like $30 and a $30 book. And there's stacks of these books in warehouses throughout the fucking country. So um, it had to be some type of mis- – I hope it was some type of mistake. But I mean, shot- what free comic day was that? That was – I think uh, – 2016. I think that's yeah, considered the say, first, years ago. his first appearance in a comic book. I mean, he's a no. manga character. But – the, the, the big first thing with actually has this cover on it, but without the the extra stuff at the bottom. Because that's the big thing is that Netflix has announced that they're producing a, a One Punch Man live action series. Yes, and One Punch Man was on the was on the list a couple months ago. So, which if you're an anime fan, it's a fantastic anime. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a cool character. That's a cool looking cover. So I'm all we got people I'm, in the chat wanting that book. Yeah, the Star Wars book. Oh, the Star Wars book. Brian, so you might be. Oh, yeah. 
You might have. A well, hey, I'm going to be I, I'm going to be selling books live, uh, live. Uh, probably do it Saturday live night. night, dude. That's I. You fucking read my mind. So yeah, let's do it. I'll have a long, I'll have a short, at least a short box by then. When when yeah. are you gonna do it? Him over. Shut up, Matt. Oh wait, who's playing? Uh, <laughs> that, Matt? I said, I when gonna, are you gonna do it? I'm thinking about trying to do it Saturday, but we'll see. Tomorrow uh, or next week? Next week. Next week. Yeah, let's do it. Plug it. Well, well, huh, I get, uh, let, me, let 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 your AG get some first cracks though. Oh, for sure. All right, appreciate you. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> it. Uh, number eight. Uh, Ooh, yeah, this is uh, this is a super super hot book, and it's a variant. It's it? Yes, yeah, a variant. This is uh, the first appearance. This is Venom number three, the Molina one and twenty five variant. This is the first appearance of Null, and uh, Null is going to be a huge fucking character, man. That that they, I mean, we all kind of thought he was destined to be huge, but. I think that uh, he's he's gonna be like the character that's gonna kind of take the place of Thanos in the movies and be like the big bad. Uh, I, oh yeah, I, I really think so. And I think that they have the opportunity to bring the symbiote lore in with him to even do symbiote shit in the cosmic universe because you have the planets out there and all and the first Venom and I mean the first symbiote and all that shit. But anyways. Uh, this book is super hot. It's up from one hundred dollars to one hundred and fifty raw, and nine point eight. Yeah, and nine point eights are three hundred dollar plus. But I really see this. This is gonna. This has a lot of room to grow. So, what about have, the regular cover to that? So yeah, the regular cover is just as hot, but it's not selling for that much. But they're selling for a ton. So I think about selling my entire Venom run. What what run? That this run. You should. Uh, but uh, well, I would look at the null. You know, I might, Kyle. I'll be honest. I think if you only have one of the first appearances in null, I would hold on to that man. I would the, grade that. Let yeah, that baby really simmer. Think, I think that that's going to be a big book. So, um, number but seven. I actually have it out. I already have it out. Oh, I love that cover. Yeah, number seven is that is that Darth Maul cover from last week. Uh, but it's. Exactly. I, it, it's still going up. It's uh, up to $85 for Raw now, so that's that's pretty cool. But it's just a beautiful book. David Aha, 1 in 25 variant for Darth Maul number two. Um, number six this week is uh, my second favorite book on the list, and that's Gen 13 Bootleg number 18. Dope. This is an old book, but a lot of pop people don't know about this book. Uh, it is a variant, and it's kind of hard to find, but you can find it. I've passed this book up multiple times like an idiot mm -hmm. and uh these are selling right now for some reason for they've jumped up from around ten dollars a, a book uh, a copy to around thirty dollars plus and uh they're they're just a perfect book right now it's super risque it almost looks like that meme of uh the dude that's looking at the other chick and his girlfriend's with him you know <laughs> So Dude, I, love, I love what everyone puts to that. Yeah, it's this is such a, a risque cover, but it's a great Bruce Tim cover. I fucking love it. So that's number six. Number five is uh, Oz number one, the art germ variant, super uh, Daisy Duke style. Um, it was a five shorts. It, yeah, it was a five to ten dollar book. Uh, the past couple weeks, I've seen multiple sales of twenty to forty. And, uh, you know, Art Germ. People are looking for cool Art Germ covers. This is the B cover. The A cover of this is a J. Scott Campbell cover. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
number four, an oldie but a goodie. Oh, okay. yeah. 266. I have this book for sale. For okay. some reason, this book. Message. Put that out there, peoples. Yeah, this book just seems to be. I mean, they were 9.8s were down to 350 uh, some couple months back, but for some reason, this book is just climbing. And now, three point nine point eights are four hundred twenty five, four hundred and fifty dollars books. Mine's uh, um, by uh, Rubenstein and uh, fucking Kubert. Uh, Kubert, no, not Kubert. Uh, oh, Jim Lee, no, I'm Chris Claremont. That's it. Yeah. The, the Father X-Men. Yep. So, uh, very cool book. Um, but I, I love the book. It's, uh, old school. So, number four is uh, Uncanny X-Men 266. Great book. Um, number three, another great book, Ultimate Fallout number four. <laughs> First screen, Miles Morales. You got that, don't you, Matt? Yep. Um, I have the second print to it. This is this is one of those books for me that anytime I find it in the wild, I don't pass it up just because I love Miles as a character. They are hard so to find in the they, wild. They are now, price. yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, a month ago, prices for nine point eights were about four hundred dollars, three seventy five. Mm-hmm. Now they're around five hundred. And uh, Ben right sell. Writes, sell, sell. Ren, uh, ben writes that he still likes this book as a long-term hold. Uh, even though there are a ton of copies out there, he says it's still got lots of room to grow. Yeah, because so, Miles' ceiling hasn't even been attempted to be touched yet. So yeah. Into the Spider-Verse is just the the beginning the of The toe getting him. dipped into the yeah. water. Yeah, exactly. And the amount of 9.8s of this book a uh, that there it? are of this book compared to the amount of 9.8s there are of Edge of Spider-Verse 2, it's ridiculous. I mean, Edge of Spider-Verse 2 has so many more copies than this book. So think about if you think about that and you look at where at how crazy Edge of Spider-Verse 2 is, everybody's going for that. Excuse I want to say Ken was just selling this book, I think, on eBay for like 90 bucks. There's no way he was. Well, it's not a 9.8. No, it's not even graded. It's a it's a raw copy. Beautiful book, man. Great book. It's tough to find in high grade because it came in that that bag, mm, that sleeve thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it fucked most of them up, majority of them. So, but it, you know, like I said, there's very few nine point eights of this compared to this um, Edge of Spider Verse two, and this is an actual Spider Man. This isn't like a a, a Gwen Stacy. You know yeah. this. Is, this is a real Spider-Man. So, yeah, um, fuck those fake Spider-Man. This is real. All right, number two. Um, look at this. Gotta love. Oh, this. I know a guy that's got like six copies of that. Jumped all the way up this week to number two, and I was stoked when I saw this. You don't uh, have that right. bullshit. <laughs> Taking a nice price jump this week. Raw copies will now run you two hundred dollars plus and four twenty-five plus for a nine point eight. Why didn't I listen to that little voice inside of my head four years ago that told me to find a nice copy of this? That's what Ben writes. So I'm pretty stoked. Uh, well, he didn't ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm pretty stoked. Well, uh, I'm going to have to decide if I'm going to sell them all. I'll definitely have some for sale, a couple of runs for sale. So, yeah. It anybody, like, uh, so it looks like he ended up selling it for 140 after 18 bids. Uh, the fall, ultimate fallout. There you go. So, all right. The number one book this week. There it is. Uh, oh. 
the Venom third, I think this is the third print variant of that same book that was earlier. Uh, but uh, people are going crazy for this because they're calling it the very first cover appearance of Null. Well, excuse me. People are asking what, what the first cover appearances of Null. And one came out earlier than this, but it's not as nice to cover. And then this came out, I think, the following week. But this is also has the first appearance inside the guts. So a lot of people are wanting to buy this book because of that. Um, and it's uh, it's a hundred dollar book, right? It, it jumped from fifty to a hundred dollars this week. So Jesus, uh, and it's going to just continue to climb. So really cool cover. People are just going crazy for it. So yeah. Uh, Again, there's that character. That like character is inside the guts. Yeah. All up in them guts. Busting guts. Yeah. So. Dude, I love when I see a book that I own on the Hot 10. It makes me all <laughs> warm and tingly inside. It makes me tingly when you're selling that book. That <laughs> <laughs> book is for sale. It's a near mint minus. Graded. Mm-hmm. Yellow yeah. label. Two signatures on it, not one, oh, but two. Whoa. On which, which one? Book? On that Venom book? No, the 266. Oh, the X Men? Okay. Yeah. But I do have that whole, I have actually, I have the whole Venom run and then the Absolute Carnage and all the, uh, and all the tie ins. I have them all set aside because I was thinking about selling them all. I don't, I think you should hang on to them, dude, because. Noel is like Brian was saying. Noel's about to be huge, and they have the whole um, Noel event that's coming up. This was supposed to be coming up this summer. We'll see what happens with that. But that's right. There's a virus. There's no yeah. event. <laughs> they're supposed to have that whole Noel story line coming up, continuing out of Venom Island and and the Carnage stuff. So mm. we'll see what happens. I'd hold on to it for a few more months. Have you been searching for, for uh, is there any more people selling the, the model you're looking for, for the vehicle you want? No, it's hard to find. That's why I got plenty of time to sell books till I come across it. But all right, Hey, so if anybody it, out there has a 1970 squareback or fastback that they would like to trade for comic books, I'm your fucking guy. You're there, yeah. You got a Volkswagen, <laughs> you want to, one of those Volkswagens you want to trade me? I got comic books. Let's talk. So we're about to have a guest come on. Um, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and set it up for people who maybe didn't catch last week and who he is and why, why we asked him so to come on tonight. Everybody here, we've we've talked about him. Time in, time out. Guy is an awesome guy. He owns a local comic book shop here. He has a comic book shop. He has the comic book shopping network which is nonstop people selling books. He used to sell new books and it was mine and Brian's regular store for a long time. We, you know, anytime we went comic book hunting, you had a, definitely a foot rub, Jason, definitely. And uh, he was, it, Jesse's is always a stop. Jesse's always been on the fringe of what to sell, how to sell it, new ideas, innovation, great deals on books and there's just a, a bleeding cool story just came out about him catching a lot of heat for selling comic books in this time like it's a bad thing and 
But I mean, the only way you're going to make it is if you sling books. And you know what? It's awesome. It's even a shipping policy. It's like up to a short box for 11 bucks. The perfect way to answer this is Jesse has always been about one thing, and that is making his customers happy. And if you're a customer of his, he's going to do everything he can to go out of his. He'll go out of his way to make you happy, give you what a you know what he says he can do for. A, he's just that type of person. So, I I think he was doing one of the best things you can this time is giving people you know some happiness, some good stuff. I think that Blue Cool article or the whole thing is ridiculous. So, like what how he puts it right now is he's all he's doing is giving people comic book therapy right now. Yes, amen. Getting comics to you. That it's that it's hard to get right now, and it's great. You know what? It's it's great. Not only does he bring in comic uh, store exclusives, he brings in fillers, and then after he's got fillers, he brings in heavy hitter books. There's no, there's you know, he, there's no middle ground for him. It just it's everything. It there's this. He doesn't focus on anything, and it's, and the cool thing about Jesse is he's he's always thinking. He's always thinking outside the box. And I think that's why a lot of people in the community as a whole comic book around, they look at him weird because he's, he's always thinking outside that box. Yes, I have this store, but how am I going to reach everybody? I want everybody to know Jesse James comics and know that they can get comics. And that's something that he's, he's strived and he's worked hard for and it's, and he's done it. And you know what? He started – everybody thought he was crazy. Hey, I'm Jesse. I'm going to stop selling new books. And I'm only going to sell back issues. Nah, you're going to be done. But you know what? He's stronger than ever. Is, uh, just, is he here yet? I just, I, he said 9.05. So hopefully – he had a show going on from 8 to 9. Yeah, he just ended it. So so he should be wrapping up. And, and then I sent him the link, so he should be jumping over. But it's you know like you know I've said it many times on the show some of the best books I've gotten are next from Chuck are from Jesse. Wow! Like Jesse's the place where you could go in. Hey, I like this book. All right, how about this price? Are you sure you want me to keep it? No, sir. Because it's such a great deal. You you it's you you know. But you know he he's, he told me something one time that's awesome. He's like. I can do two things. I can sell you an overpriced book and you never come back. Or I could sell you a book for a great deal and make six times the amount of money off of you. Which one should I do? It, it's a no-brainer when you think about it like that. So, God damn it, Jesse. Well, he's he's here, so I'm going to go ahead and, and bring go. him in. There he is. Oh, we were going to talk about Tom Brady today. Yeah. Oh, this isn't the Buccaneer fan club page. What What's going on? You found us. <laughs> you found us. What's up, guys? How you doing, brother? Uh, we had just finished an amazing so show. Uh, we we sold a little over four hundred books in the last two hours. Uh, so. You know, it's a matter of just getting out there and uh, you got to sling. And, and you, I think if you go out and you sell books, I think you're good to go in this day and age. So, yeah. You know, what yeah, I was yeah. talking about before you came on, I was, 
you're out here at a time where a lot of comic book stores aren't even selling books. You're selling three times the amount that a normal comic book shop did during a good time. What is your philosophy for that? Like, well, I think the big thing, folks. Yeah, the big thing that you want to remember right now that's going on is I gotta make sure all my hands are going here. I'm Italian. I you can't see my hands. Which direction? <laughs> there we go. Uh, the the big thing going on right now is you gotta keep in mind. I've been doing this for two years, so this isn't like something I just came up with. Uh, pre-pandemic. And you also have to understand the biggest thing that's going on is the comic book industry and LCSs were in major trouble before this happened. And so I think the pandemic actually might have slowed down what was going on with five, 600 stores that possibly could have gone out of business uh, just selling new issues. So what we decided to do was we decided to create a fan base that was comic-centric, needed back issues, and it was a notion that we were then showing a plethora of stuff, anywhere from ElfQuest to Iron Man to Crash Dummies, which we sold tonight. Or last night, our number one seller is Black Belt Hamsters. Uh, so I was so mad that I didn't get that. Yeah, and now they make the announcements today with, with CyberFrog. But at the end of the day, I think the reason why we're so successful is because we said we were just going to sell comics. And if we sold dollar comics or $2 comics or $200 comics, we would be able to uh, take care of all those orphan uh, customers around the world that didn't have comic book stores. Now, none of them have comic book stores. So now we have this, this uh, network, Comic Book Shopping Network, which has 20 stores across the nation selling over 10,000 books a week, folks. 10,000 books a week. No design books. So imagine when new issues come back, you have your back issue fans, and then you have 17 stores selling new issues. So I think why we're successful is we stayed on the positive side. We're not one of those stores out there bashing people and bowling people. Uh, listen, when you're on Bleeding Cool and people are yelling at you for selling comic books, I think you're doing a good thing. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I think uh, that's... It's funny when when people are giving you shit for doing what your customers want, you know. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about before this is how one of your your staples is the customer. You make the customer happy. That's the whole reason that you're doing this. You want the customer to come back. Um, we've talked about you on the show many a times uh, that we feel um, you're probably when it comes to customer service the best comic shop in the country. One of the things that you did uh, a couple of years back, which was kind of surprising, but um, we see now what's going on is you took the step to decide to sell only back issues. You weren't going to sell any new issues. And people kind of went crazy ab about that. Um, what were your feelings at the time when that was going on? Uh, I woke up one day and I said, listen, we have 460 box holders. Our bill every week was 8000 8, to 10000 on a good small week. Uh, if we did exclusives, then, you know, that jumps up to the twelve, thirteen thousand. 13,000. Uh, so what we decided was basic business 101. I come from corporate and I kind of said, listen, if I spend $10,000 to make $2,000, that doesn't even that doesn't even cover anything. But when I was buying a collection for a thousand dollars, I was making nine thousand dollars on it, at even the bare minimum of markups. So what it came down to was the basic concept of was I going to be a comic book store owner 
who uh, loved comics and sold books? Or was I then be a businessman who just sold comic books and made margins and turn rates and sell-throughs and bottom lines and all the things that you use in Business 101? And was it going to make sense? Me calling 460 people uh, to tell them I wasn't going to sell them anymore, trust me, was not an easy decision. But when you talk about customer service, we're the only store in the comic book industry history to win best practice awards for best customer service. Uh, how do 1,400 store owners vote on a store that they've never been to and give them best customer service award? Well, they, it's because of our name and our reach and, and outreach and all that. On uh, eBay, we are the number one ranked store in the on ebay for customer service we have eighty-five thousand feedback we have never had a neutral we've never had a negative customers come first everybody that has been talking about anything, yeah exactly everything that has been talking about everything listen i'll say it i'm not afraid to say it brian hibbs up in san francisco who goes with these long things never ever, ever talks about com about their customers it's a all about them. So when people are making decisions and they're saying, well, then do this and you can't do this. And if you don't do this, it all comes down to, so you're not going to sell your customers new books. You're not going to sell them DC books or whatever books that, that they're charging at at that time. Customers want books. Let, let me tell you something real fast here, folks. Of, of 10 years or eight years carrying new issues, let's say we had over 700 box holders, nutritions, left, gone, all this stuff. I've never had someone walk up to me and say, hey, Jesse, before I open up this box, who do you get your DC comics from? It's, it's immaterial, folks. So I think going out there, selling your customers, listening, and making strong decisions. I knew I was going to be on an island. One thing I want to point out that when we left Diamond, we were the number one seller for every single independent publisher. We were selling over 1,200 Walking Deads a month, Rick and Morty's, all that Oni Press. So when we left, the number one selling store in the nation had left every independent seller, their number one seller gone. And so, listen, at the end of the day, I'm a very thick-skinned person. I think you have to be thick-skinned. And I think at the end, maybe two customers didn't understand why I left. I thought you were uh, But you other than that, business is business. You're lying. What are you guys <laughs> for? Are you going to stop selling new comics? Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. So I have a question. You were on um, the um, you you had mentioned your philosophy as far as you know for the people as far as your business and and, and I know college like what a novel concept. Why do you think it's so hard? Because I'm sure we all have had experiences with comic stores that cater to the customers and then those that cater to the bottom line. And we all experience with that. Why is it so hard for sports? They would think that if this is the kind of culture you want to have and you're catering to your fans and and, and the shared love of comics, that some can kind of see past that promote that love and, and and like you are you know doing it with the customer mind and really trying to look out for them while other stores are just about the money you can kind of see it from the jump why is that such i mean from your perspective as a store owner or operating a store why is that so hard to kind of manage for some well that that's probably the easiest question for me to answer listen i come from corporate sixty thousand employees nordstrom customer comes first no matter what you buy something at Macy's, you bring it back, you want a refund, I'm going to give you a refund even though you didn't buy it from me. Here's the problem in our industry. How do you qualify to become a Diamond account? You have a store with a lease, 
you have a tax resale license, and guess what? That's it. How you paying? Cash, check, or charge? No one coaches you on how to do this business. So you go out there, you're getting your comics from Diamond. No one's sending you tutorials. No one's sitting down and saying, hey, Jesse, uh, a customer came in. Uh, Listen, I'm the most secret shop store in history of Diamond. Uh, A traditional store gets shopped once a year. I got shopped every month. Why? Because they couldn't figure out how he was selling so many books. How, how There's no way he could be selling that many Walking Dead. Let's sit in the secret shopper and listen, you treat everybody with kindness. So at the end of the day, the answer is no one's coaching these people. Uh, uh, you go into any job and they give you these guidelines and, and what their goals are and, and their mission statements. Uh with with this industry, it's where's your rack then be and make sure you put your new issues on there done. And so I think our job is to inspire, our job is coach to coach, and our job is also to say, even though it's not my store, if I hear something, I'm gonna call that guy and, and ask him if they need help and need maybe not even understand what good service is. Good sur- service, and I always say this, isn't a handshake. Thank you for buying books from me. It's everything before that, and it's everything uh, after that. Uh, Cal, Brian will tell you, listen, I won best customer service. Why? Because I had a membership card that gave points to customers so they could get discounts when they hit $200, right? You got $10 off your purchase. I was on stage in Diamond uh, Diamond when I received that award, and they said a simple thing to me. Where did you come up with this concept of the point system? And I just laughed. I'm like, uh, I didn't create this, but that's the industry we're in. I still you have it. <laughs> it's yeah. very hard to to change an industry that's set in their ways like that. Um, with what's going on right now, do you think that with the pandemic and kind of how everything's happening right now with uh, online sales, do you think that, and with everything going on with Diamond, do you think that maybe we could see a change because of what's happening with this pandemic? Uh, well, you've already seen a change, and the change is this. You got 70% of the store owners following four guys, four senior guys in the comic book industry who say, listen, we don't like this, so you can't do it. And so what happens is that 30% goes off. Well, we lost someone over on the top there. Uh, the 30 per- There you go. Uh, the 30% that are selling comic books are pushing and they're selling comics and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're signing up with DC and, and Midtown and uh, uh, DCBS. And they the only thing they're saying is, listen, we got to sell our customer comics. And then you got the other half saying, we're not going to sell DC comics unless Diamond sells them to us. So the change is very simple. Customers are going to remember two things. They're going to remember customers that took or that stores that took care of them today, gave them great comic book therapy, uh, which is always our goal. Comic book therapy is the goal of, of any store. And then they're, but they're really going to remember the stores that said, I'm not going to sell you new issues. I'm not going to sell you DC comics because it's this or that. I wish people that made uh, these strong decisions and knew actual the, the, the laws the rule of law on how to wholesale and distribute. So at the end of the day, will um, these two new companies expand? Absolutely. They'll 
they'll break the monopoly. I can't say too much, but there's a third distributor coming out, and that's going to encompass a whole bunch of new changes as well. Listen, I don't care what happens. The only thing I know is that I need comics to sell my customers. I've been very loud about this. I will be carrying DC Comics. For a store that said he wasn't going to be carrying comics, I'm going to carry DC Comics. Why? Because several stores in our state has decided not to. And yep. we need to pre- provide a service to our customers and get them their comics. So what, is there a change happening? It's already happened. But what happens is we got, it's kind of like the variant thing. Everybody, variants, variants, variants. But variants are only 2% of the overall business. Right? But yeah. we make it sound like it's 98% of the business. And it's, so it's the same thing. So the changes happen. Listen, I'm not a guy that sits in and says, I did this and I did that. I always say we. And at the end of the day, I am where I'm at because the customer base has decided to support me around the world. Uh, and it's been an amazing ride that's just starting. Uh, I have fantastic allies. Uh, for someone that's left Diamond, I talk to almost every company every single week except for Marvel. I talk to DC now, so I don't talk to Marvel, but I talk to all the publishers every single week for two years straight now. And it's funny because, yeah, you left Diamond, but you you still have a relationship with Diamond, right? Right. Yeah. My relationship with the Jeffies, I, I think, is second to none. I don't think anybody's ever said to me, oh, my gosh, that guy's going against the Jeffies. Uh, I talk to the Jeffies once every three, four days, uh, whether it's uh, just an email or Steve Jeffy actually watches my show on Comic Book Shopping Network. Drives me nuts on the binge bar when he comes in. It actually makes me sell stronger. Because he's in the in the in they're trying to get comic book therapy. He's done this thirty eight years. He wants to see someone selling dollar books and cool books that he sold. Uh, or back then, uh, Union Number One was our biggest seller today, uh, which is a nineties book that is uh, uh, it's a foil cover, which is hilarious that we sold out of those. But again, uh, to me, a new a customer walks in, everything is new to them. If, if you haven't presented it to them, it's new to them. So the, the notion that new issues um, drive your business is actually, if you look at it as, as a business sense, if I said new issues are predominantly the biggest part of the industry, you wouldn't know a thing about the industry because more back issues are sold than ever new issues. Then you take pre-pandemic 400 plus conventions that sell back issues. Plus, then you add eBay, then you add Amazon, then you add web pages. Uh, stores open seven days a week, flea markets, uh, HH, uh, HA, Heritage, uh, who's selling $20,000 million books. So, in reality, since the smallest part of the business, which only did $550 million, is new yeah. issues. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and here's the final point on that that's $550 million sold at wholesale so that's not even telling us okay out of that 550 million dollars how many of that stuff was actually sold uh, yeah it's probably sitting in in, in a lot yeah. of warehouses yeah exactly you t- listen yeah, uh, action 1000 let's just say a million sold wholesale i can tell you right now every store has a ton in stock so maybe only half a million sold and, yeah. and so you gotta keep in mind I, I tell this to everybody. Every store that comes to me to be mentored, I say, say a simple thing. We're the only industry that uses wholesale numbers as the reality numbers. If I walked into Blake Nordstrom's office and said, 
Blake, I just bought 5,000 LeBron James pink tennis shoes or sports shoes, whatever, uh, high tops. He would say to me, that is awesome. How many did we sell? Well, we haven't got them yet. He would say, get the hell out of my office. And when you get my money back, let me know. But in the comic book industry, sellouts are at wholesale. It doesn't make sense sense at at Mm. all. Um, Another thing that is so crazy is that when you stop selling back issues, I don't think your store saw a, a change. In uh, I think you probably had more people coming to your store when when you quit selling back issues because and you proved you mean new issues. Well, new issues, yeah, I get it. I oh, mean yeah, sorry, new issues. New issues. <laughs> My bad. You proved the fact that back issues are what people want and what are people are buying. Um, I, you, like you said, you're selling more books than ever before, and the, and they're back issues. Um, what is there anything that could cause a major issues? For instance, if we see an issue where less comics are distributed, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Well, the whole go- the whole goal is to sell comics uh so it doesn't matter if you have new issues in your store or back issues in your store keep in mind everything's about bottom line uh, margins and turn rates so if you buy something for a dollar and you sell it for three dollars that's a great thing but if you buy something at wholesale that's brand new that has shelf life of only one week because after a week it becomes a back issue and it becomes non valuable to someone who only collects new issues i i, I let me back up here the the word I'm going to say this, even though it's going to come out wrong for someone who's pro comic book uh, uh, taking care of customers, uh, number one customer service is the the worst thing that can happen is a customer walks in and says, "Oh, I'm here for my pool box." You hand them the stuff and they say, "Okay, ring me up." It's the worst possible scenario a comic book store owner has. That comic book store owner, in reality sense, isn't making any money. So whether they go buy a soda or whether they go look in your dollar bins, uh, whatever it is, you have to add on to actually make that money when you're selling new issues. Also, keep in mind, this is the the, the struggles that new issue uh, stores have. Let's say my bill is $2,000 and I get my $2,000 bill in. The same day you get your invoice in and your invoice next week is 5000 but wait a minute, I only got $2,000. So even if I sold that $2,000, that's only $4,000 selling 100% of everything. I'm $1,000 short. So you're always chasing them. Free comic book day comes where they charge you three weeks before. And it's like, these are free bucks. Why am I paying three weeks before? So we will always have an abundance of comic book stores we will always have abundance of stores selling new issues and back issues we'll have stores selling only new issues stores selling back issues and stores doing both at the end of the day it's going to come down to who buys the best who's smart i'll I'll give you a prime example you want to sell to me don't ever tell me about returnability if i have to rely on world returnability that means that book's not good You should have the confidence to say, you don't need returnability because you're going to buy 10 copies, you're going to sell out. Just don't buy more copies. Telling someone it's returnable so they buy 20 copies and then you (laughs) have to wait a month later to get your books back, you have to tear off the cover. Who's going to do that? So so at the end of the day, uh, comics are here forever. All right? Comics aren't going away. 
Uh, I will tell you, I think some of the greatest things that have happened, comics going into Walmart, I think that's been fantastic. It's expanded the comic base. It's expanded the customer to say, wow, $7, $8 for a buck. I'll grab that. They walk into a comic book store. They see the dollar bins or they see $3 books or new issues are only $3.99. So it expands that base. Digital comics. I think digital comics is one of the greatest gifts in the world because it tells us that we have to work stronger to keep our customer base to buy floppies. And so that's the challenge we have. People that fight digitals, tell that to their customer base. Don't tell them to the customer base. Tell them why they should have a real copy in their hand. And so I think all these things, you know, Midtown and, and DCBS distributing comics, who cares? Get the comics to the customer. And so I think that's that's kind of the answer in the end is comic books need to open up their doors. They need to sell comics and they need to look past the politics and they should only be looking at their customers as the answer to everything. Amen. So when, wow. you, when you decided, hey, I'm going to stop selling new books. I'm going to sell old books. I'm going to sell back issues. Were you like, you hadn't decided to even do them live like you do them now. So when you had made that decision, were you like, what you am can I just doing? say it, dude? Just say that months before you told me to do live oh, shows, and I yeah. said to you, that's food wow. on. No live. Just say it. No, 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 no. no. That's, not what I, that's not what I was getting at. Tell him, Jesse. Tell him. <laughs> I love it, Jesse. I love it. That's so funny. That's not what I was getting at, but I was like, were you, okay. I would say, were you actually nervous? Were you like, Okay, how am I going to retain these customers? Are they going to come back? How am I going to get these books out here? I know I already sell on eBay. I know I already do a great job, but what am I going to do? Did what I mean, like I know you sat down with all of these, uh, like Coffee with Comics and everybody else, and you sat down with them and you were like, "What are we going to do?" But like, how much planning went into what? What are we going to do? We're going to make this shopping network. What hour? Like how much? Like. How many meetings? How, how, what all went into that? So uh, the creation and comic book shopping network was created three years in, in Baltimore. And I had just spoken on uh, to all the store owners and all the publishers and, and all that on stage, 1,200 people and uh, going over philosophies and literally saying the opposite of everything that I knew people wanted me to say because I come from a different egg and, and I sell differently. And so I wasn't that hold back. I also got to speak publicly uh, about uh, uh, customer service and uh, social networking. At that time on Facebook, I think we're the third or second largest uh, Facebook page in um, for comic book stores. I think we're fourth right now with 48,000 uh, with Secret Stash above us, third eye. And uh, I forgot who the third person is. There was one more person above us. Um, and so afterwards, I sat down and the person next to me was Jen King from Space Cadets. And we decided instead of going out to party and all that, we decided to talk. Now, keep in mind, I still carry new issues then. We decided to talk about what would what would we do if there was no new issues tomorrow? What would we do? And we said, well, how would we approach the customers? And Cal was coming in saying, you know, you got to try this live show stuff. And I really wasn't getting that. And so. I started watching shows and I started to realize, okay, that's kind of cool. And so one day I 
guys don't even ask me this because I'm not going to tell you why. I was watching Home Shopping Network, all right? And uh, uh, this lady was selling this watch. Regardless. Yeah. Exactly. I was just climbing through and she was showing this watch and, and I was watching the clicker and they started down to a thousand. This is the best watch we've ever had. It's black, gold, silver, made from elephants, tails, whatever it was, you know, and so they sell out and they sell out and whatever, about 30 minutes. So she goes, all right, we sold out. So she grabs the next item. This is this watch is the best watch we have ever sold in on our history of our show. And I'm thinking but you just said that about the last watch. And all of a sudden I saw the numbers start going out and they sold out. And I said, well, why couldn't you do that in the comic book world? Our customers want to buy. Not every customer is going to go to a convention or have a comic book store. So when I when I set out and I talked to Jen King about this, we had two stores that would try this with us. And I started doing my shows, believe it or not, at 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. And that was our time slot. We didn't want to go against anybody. So mad forever. I think I told you this more than once that at that time I was working construction. I had to get up at like four o'clock in the morning and I was so pissed because I couldn't catch a show and buy a book. Yeah. It was yeah. mad. And, and we were selling a thousand comics, 1200 comics. We were just talking about this today during those four hour periods. And so we started to explain, expand and we started talking to stores and trying to get them in the concept mode. And, and not everybody understood that concept. And so at the end of the day, uh, what happened was uh, we started to get some traction. Uh, of course, I have a very big brand name. Me personally, I, mo most people know me. We started to build our customer base. We started to expand our store, stores. Uh, now we have uh, 40 40 shows a week, 95 hours of uh, live shows during the week, over 10,000 books sold. But it, it just like anything else, you, 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 you go into something and you just don't think of anything negative and you let it fall off you and you push forward and you sell. Did we not understand shipping? We figured out shipping. Did we lose some people? We gained some people. And, and now we look at we're the biggest force in the comic book industry. Anybody wants to challenge me any right now, we'll, we'll compare numbers to numbers. And we will show you that when new issues come back, we have 17 stores on the Comic Book Shopping Network that sell new issues. There's no company out there that owns more than 10 stores. So it, it's brand building. It's understanding that you got to take chances. And the biggest thing is when someone tells you you can't do it, you do it better. Matt, yeah. can you share my screen real quick just so I can show the, the viewers uh, Jesse's page while we're talking? Yep. So another question. So when you went to these stores and these other people, like you said, you have, you know, you're selling tens of thousands of books. You went to all these people and were like, hey, I have this. What do you guys think? Was there convincing? Was there like, were you selling them or not, not just selling them, but just like telling it or they, or did you not have to tell them much? And you were, they were just like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm down to do this. This sounds great. Cause I mean, You've got a but you know you've got Jimmy J selling on there for uh, Amazing Con like he's him he's yeah. on there selling books and like yeah and we have uh, sure when you look at our Lamarai our our, our our 
family or team on Comic Book Shopping Network. It's amazing. The the logos are up there. Coffin Comics, Brian Polito, and Third Eye, one of the top five stores in the nation, and Space Cadets. And you go through all these people. We have two grassroots uh, uh, stores on there that, uh, uh, listen, started from grassroots. They don't even have stores. They do it from their garage. And now they've moved into their rooms, you know, fun stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think I've ever had to convince people to sell comics. Uh, what I had to do was convince people that we could sell comics. And if we could sell comics and create a bar that was accessible, I don't tell anybody to look at my show. I tell people don't watch my show. Uh, my show is if you're looking to do this and you're seeing someone selling 400 books in two hours, uh, that's probably not the show you want to set your standards on. You want to be able to look at the most basic shows and say, can I sell a hundred bucks. Can I do two hundred dollars in two hours? That's a hundred bucks an hour, and and so it's for shows to have that uh, accessibility. I think is great. Uh, it builds uh, a brand. It builds uh, how to speak to customers, being in front of them, talking to you know. Keep in mind, here's one prime thing that most folks don't know. Uh, you're watching a show right now. That number in the corner does not reflect how many customers are watching the show. When we have 60 people watching, that's 60 of my friends, uh, that number. My average show has anywhere from 500 to 700 viewers per show watching. That and high so, in the corner is just that people that are friends. Friend. That has nothing to do with your viewership. So uh, next time you guys come in, I'll show you the back end. You will be amazed at how many people actually watch our shows. So like, the goal is uh, to – so that's why when you kind of watch a show and someone says, oh, they got 160 viewers. I'm like, well, yeah, but they might have a 1,000. But it really comes down to are you selling books? Are you yes. getting comics? My show is the binge bar. My show is set up as a bar. We have happy hour specials and, and people come in and they talk about their families. You create community. Uh, and and you, at the end of the day, when when I leave this, whatever, 10, 20 minutes ago, I, there's still four more hours of programming on Comic Book Shopping Network, which is crazy. I think it will go all the way one o'clock in the morning. Sunday is, we officially, Sunday start at 7 a.m. and we go to 1 a.m. All shows all day. What's crazy is you can watch a show and see the same person on every single show buying at least one item. Uh, our retention is amazing. So at the end of the day, do I have to Convince someone to come on Comic Book Shopping Network? Absolutely not. Uh, I What was it? Uh, five weeks ago, I talked to over 100 stores about how to do live shows. Never even pitched Comic Book Shopping Network to them. It's not my job to pitch Comic Book Shopping Network. My job is to get stores to survive and stay in business. The more stores out there, the less pressure it takes off me. Because, listen, you guys know this. You get past 20 buyers in a show, you're basically screwed. You guys were on that show where I where I did five grand in, in what, 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. I had to stop my show because <laughs> I, I had all the keys on there. And so this is a learning curve that happens per second per customer. Yep. I love the, I love the fact um, uh, you you talk another thing that uh, I want to bring up that Jesse always talks about that I love is he always talks about karma. One of the things that uh, I've learned from Jesse, um, he, he really believes in treating people well and and if you treat others well, it'll come it'll come back on you 
two tenfold, you know, and time and time and time, time and time again. Not not to stroke Jesse off on the show or anything, but no, I get it. no. We say um, this even when you're not on the show. Yeah, and, and 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 one of the things you know, people say, well, he he stopped selling uh, new issues. You know, he couldn't have thought. You know, da, 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 his customers must have been pissed. You know what he did for his customers that might have been selling book that might have been buying books. He set them up with other shops. Yeah. He was the first person to, to call the other shop. A lot of other shops here in this valley have great relationships with Jesse because I've seen people come in and um, ask for other shops, and he'll sit there and name off every other shop in the valley. Go here, go here. Um, which way do you live? Da, 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 da. He's always one of the first people to put um, you know, put out help for other shops. So if you are somebody that might be thinking about starting up a comic book uh, a shop here in the valley or something, there's no better person to talk about than Jesse. On that topic, what do you suggest to people that might be thinking about opening a brick-and-mortar shop? Uh, I would suggest them going selling shoes. Uh, no, listen, at the end of the day, you would have to be crazy to open up a comic book shop. Uh, if, if I'm not going to, let me put, let me rephrase that. Would I do this again if I knew all this before? I probably wouldn't. And the reason why is no one's there to help you. And when you open up a franchise, I mean, you have guidelines that they literally say, if you don't follow these guidelines, after a week, we'll just give you your money back. Get out of here. And I think in the comic book world, you have to be thick skinned. You have to be able not to rely on anybody but yourself. And the people that do offer you help, like me, I'll help anybody in the nation. That doesn't mean I'm right on everything I tell you, but I will tell you the two things you have to do if you open up a store. You can't be married to your product and you can't be married to new product that comes in, oh. right? That's, that's, that's the, yeah, that is the number one role in the comic book world. The wow. second role is this. I am an overstreet advisor. I am a senior overstreet advisor. That doesn't mean that I charge what the price guide says or what eBay says. What I charge is what the customer can afford so that they can buy more product. So if I do my show and people always laugh at me, oh, you, you should be doing $200 books. And I literally say, listen, your $200 book that you had on your show took you 20 minutes to sell. Within that 20 minutes, I've sold $300 books. So I've actually made more money than, for, than you and I've made more margins for you. So at the end of the day, I joke around, you know, I wouldn't open up a comic book shop. Now, in all reality, right now would be the worst time to sell it. But let's forget about the pandemic. If there was the pandemic, it's, it comes down to a simple thing. How you then do social and how you then do e-commerce. And if you can get those down, then it doesn't matter where your store is at. You could be, hey, listen, my original store was in the caddy corners of a mall that didn't have anything else in it but three stores. Now it's the farthest back possible. Why? Because I, I, I sold to people across the world. So I think someone who's gained into the business has to know how to do those two factors first. Listen, I'm one of two stores ever to have an eBay exclusive with eBay who approached me to do Star Wars and uh, Power Rangers. All right. Why? Not because of my brick and mortar, 
It's because we our outreach to customers around the world was superb. And I think so someone because, listen, there is not a comic book store owner, owner in the world who wasn't selling comics before they opened up the store, whether it was with eBay, trading with their friends or whatever it is. And what happens is you open up a store and you forget all about that. And so I will tell you, if you then open up a store, it's about set up your social networking now, set up your e-commerce now. That's the most important part. I have an 8,000 square foot store. Right now, my business, 98% of it comes from 100 square feet. Before the pandemic happened, 100, uh, 98% of my business came from 100 square feet. So at the end of the day, listen, people come in, they pick up their, their product they want on the show, they come in, they shop, they spend more money. So it's we, we have to do better than being just a destination store. We're not, I mean, Little Caesars delivers now. Someone finally said to Little Caesars, dude, imagine how much more money you would make if you delivered your $5 pizzas. Yep. Get the book to the people that want them. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's, here's a prime example. And, I, and I've said this to everybody, and I'm not going to shy away from this. Uh, a, a, a comic book fan is then go wherever the comic book is that he needs. He's loyal to a, sh- a store until that store doesn't have what he needs. And that and you should you should celebrate that. I've called stores to ask them if they have it for customers. I have no fear. Let me tell you my philosophy real fast on this. Your customer will not know your service unless he shops someplace else. He will not learn to appreciate your service. He will not uh, he will not appreciate hey People came into my stores. Where's your long boxes? I don't have long boxes. I do everything uh, buffet style. It's all on the floor, not in order. Here's your stack of ROM. If you want ROM, go through that stack, whatever it is. Why? Because we knew people shop by taste, touch, fill, and this is what I had when I grew up. Uh, and so I just think at the end of the day, our job is to inspire our customers to buy more comics, and to help them find comics when you don't have it. It's it's a very simple concept. Yep. Well, I, we appreciate <laughs> you, man. I'm sorry. I, I think Jesse told me before that more than once that I needed a time card for a while. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep in mind, Wednesdays are a day where you know when a customer comes in. Oh, 3 o'clock. This person's in. Oh, this person comes in at 305, 310 to pick up their comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of cool. But I want to be the guy that someone walks in on a Thursday night, 11 o'clock at night, just looking for comics. Uh, yes. That's the person yeah, that's going to spend the most money. Yep. And it also creates uh, um, uh, the community. You have a real community aspect with your store. Um, on top of doing the comics, you also have something that just blew me away the last time I was in and your arcade is kick-ass man old school arcade all the kick-ass old school pinball machines some of the best pinball machines in the valley uh some of the best uh, old school arcade like 
I couldn't believe going in there and seeing some of those old school machines. And then on top of that, you you also have a great place for people who like the uh, um, like a Pokemon and, and Magic the Gathering. Uh, you have a, a large uh, group of, of kids and, and people that love going to the store, being um, part of that group. So it's you've really created a community as uh, uh, even though 98 percent of your business is you know sold online, you have a great community aspect to your store. Um, right. especially here in Arizona, uh, worldwide. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, uh, a, uh, community store should encompass, uh, more than, than just what people expect you to have. And by having, you know, 45 arcade machines in your pinball and Galaga and all this stuff and, and having gaming, one of the largest gaming, uh, stores in the nation, uh, for Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Force of Will, um, uh, it's an amazing thing. What you want to look for when you do your business is crossover and crossover is very important. How do you cross people over from the kid playing Pokemon? Uh, he turns 16. He wants to, well, I want to go over to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Or he wants to buy his first comic book. Uh, dad's in the place waiting. So his dad sees something. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, uh, you create a community that surprises people when they come in. If someone walks in your store and says, wow, look at all the comics. Well, you better have them say, wow, look at all the comics because that's what you are. You are a comic book store. So <laughs> I think uh, um, uh, give customers more than they expect uh, and continue to strive to do even more. Um, so will we surprise people that we will be carrying DC Comics? Sure, I'm sure we'll surprise people and all that. But at the end of the day, our goal is to sell them much more than just DC Comics. Do you have uh, anything coming up, that, anything uh, super exciting uh, in the plans that you can share with us? Anything cool? Uh, we are doing something that not that hasn't been um, so told to the public yet. Uh, when we do it, we, we will let you guys know. Uh, trust me, we'll, we'll be on every single episode. What's going on? Nope, you're good. I, just lost my I think he froze. Damn. Am I there? Okay. Yeah, there he is. There. He's back. He's back. So I want okay, to back up. So, you there? I'm back. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, so, so what we are doing is every single website will be talking about what we're then announcing in about five days. Uh, it's the first time it's ever been done. Uh, we have a plethora of publishers doing this with us. Uh, uh, it deals with customer appreciation, has nothing to do with free comic of day. Uh, but I will tell you, we have big plans uh, that will blow people away. But at the end of the day, if we do not give back to the customers, uh, the comic book industry is screwed. And so we have decided to take time out of our time to do something that no one has even, is not even talking about. And so I think that's very important. I will challenge people watching this show to go to uh, Philip Sablick. He is the uh, vice president of Boom. Uh, he did a great thing about taking care of your customers today. Nothing in the background said Boom. He never mentioned Boom. Uh, the customers are, there's no other time in our history that the, con the consumer controls what happens in our future. They are going to make choices on do they spend money with comic book stores over the next five, six weeks. And I think it's very important that people know how to 
look at people that are trying to strive to sell comics and stay away from negativity versus the ones that are creating negativity. Uh, listen, I, I'll give you a prime example. And all of you know this. Uh, everybody has bitched about Diamond for the last eight years. There needs to be someone new. There needs to be someone that won't lose comics or damage comics. Someone actually comes out to do a better job, potentially, and everybody's bitching about it. So you're not going to make comic book stores happy no matter what. Uh, so I think it's making these customers happy, letting them control our future. And if they control our future, I think we will be fine. Listen, I've bought 16 stores since I've been in Arizona uh, back in the day when there was 30 stores. And every single customer that I or every single store I bought, if they just took care of their customers and watched their bottom line, they'd still be open. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's hard. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have one random question real quick. Sure. That's not random. It's going to be another question. Yeah. No, no, it really is. Okay. Earlier, Jess, you mentioned um, one of the keys is, is not being too attached to your product, um, either what you already have and also what you get in. Um, right. Has there been something for you personally at any point that you were like, I mean, you weren't attached, obviously, but you thought about for a second, was like, mm, like, I don't know now. Like, was there like one item for you that you may have like hesitated for just a moment that you were like, oh, pretty good? Well, I, I uh, about five years ago, I bought one of the largest collections of all time, uh, which was uh, every Marvel comic ever made uh, and every DC comic from 1959. So the answer is about 50,000 copies I wanted to buy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so at, at the end of the day, during when I was carrying new issues, if I wanted something, I ran my credit card and I bought it. Uh, you, you can't, you can't take candy out of your own candy uh, uh, shelf when you're trying to sell them for a profit. You have to put money back into the till for it. Can't get high from yeah. supply. Exactly, exactly. And so I think every day it happens. Every day when we're showing a book, I actually stop and I say, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, here's a prime example. I started selling comics in a comic book store in 1982, folks. 1982 is when I was selling comics in a comic book store. Three weeks later, I was watching the line for Jack Kirby. Um, when I wanted a book that we sold out of, I went to my eBay store. Well, in 1982, 1983, 1984, and 1985, there were no web pages. So what was my eBay store? My eBay store was the spinner rack at Circle K and 7-Eleven. That was my eBay store. And so I would go in and find the comics I needed. So we just have evolved. At the end of the day, we know the 16 million people that signed up for Netflix last month. Guess what? They're, when all this ends, they're not closing their 16 million accounts on Netflix. They're going to say, wow, this is awesome streaming. So we're going to lose some of that to that. And I think the same thing will happen in the comic book world. But it's about gaining people. And if you gain people, which is the best way to gain people is word of mouth, uh, keeping your brand out there, uh, um, staying on top of things, staying social. Listen, I'm live on the air, I think, 24 hours a, a week, solid. The most viewed person in the industry as far as live shows go. Listen, I'm going to say some stupid stuff. I'm going to say some great stuff. And I'm probably going to disagree with a whole bunch of people. But at the end of the day, I'm informing people. Uh, and I understand my opinions are my opinions, but my opinions come with facts and they come with real numbers. All I know is if Jesse James says, buy that book, 
You fucking buy that book. Yeah. Buy two yeah. of that book at least. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. We've done over 277 exclusive store exclusives, the most in history of this, this uh, well, in most history of the comic book world. Uh, that doesn't mean we know how to do exclusives. That just means that we are then go out there and we are going to, when Rick and Morty came out, guys, you guys know how much people gave me the biggest, how, you what an idiot. Rick and Morty? Who does Rick and Morty exclusives? Bob Bur Bob's Burger? Never heard of that. 11-piece connecting covers, Power Rangers. That's crazy. Shirtless Verifier, number one, the fastest-selling number one exclusive of all time 500 copies sold out in less than two minutes so at the end of the day i can also tell you another cancel i bought 500 ago 500 of those five years ago i still got 497 copies so at the end of the day it's you gotta get out there folks so my my thing to everybody is enjoy what you do uh and you know, you got to get away. Turn off. Uh, listen, turn off your phone. Stop watching the news. Read a comic and you'll be happy. The greatest thing in the world is a, a comic book fan walking out your door with a bag full of comics. There's nothing better than that. Amen. And you can get them from Jesse James Comics. That's for yeah. sure. Comic book yep. shopping network. Yes, yep. sir. Thank got, you, Jesse. I got one no, quick question. Sure. Yeah, sure. Before you leave. So, we had a discussion earlier today <laughs> about, okay, so, so Diamond's a distributor. DC's going to have a couple more. DC has printed some books again so that this uh, these other distributors can distribute books. Are those still first prints? Absolutely. So, so Diamond does not control FOCs. Uh, they control FOCs for Diamond, and that's it. They don't control FOCs for DC. So DC has allowed many of us, and I will tell you folks, these people are saying very few stores there, then be surprised. I know the numbers of how many stores are doing this. These stores have placed orders with DC. The printer are going to print these issues for them. Uh, so those are first prints. At the end of the day, you know how many people actually care if it's first print or second print? 1.5% to 2% of the people care if it's first print or second print. Most of them just want the comic to read. Most of them want consecutive issues. Most of them don't even know what second print means. So at the end of the day, uh, if people are looking at barcodes to see what number the barcode says, if it's first print or second print, they're probably not comic book fans. They're probably yeah. slingers, they're probably flippers. Uh, uh, listen, at the end of the day, it's it's all foobar. The guys there are saying, oh my gosh, this is a conflict of interest. That's why you have two different names for both companies so that there's no conflict of interest so that they could ship those books so you're not getting them from down uh, Midtown, you're getting from UCB and, and Lunar. And so at the end of the day, I think we have created conversations that don't matter to 98% of the people out there. Uh, so at the end of the day, I truly believe the winners of all this are, um, the winner of all this is going to be the bean counters, right? Because AT&T owns DC. AT&T is looking at DC saying, how do we make a profit? Oh, we don't have to pay 30% or whatever they pay to Diamond to ship our books. We can just go to a company and pay them a shipping charge fee 
for doing our job. So now our profit margins go up three, four times. And guess what? Bean counters look at at uh, AT and T and they'll make other decisions, right? Because it's about making money. And if I can save my company three, four million dollars. Uh, 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 every quarter, and then I can bring in my other company and, and save another three, four point four or five million dollars. They then do this. Here's the bottom line, folks. DC Comics can talk directly to me. They can coach me. They can do whatever they want. They can send me extra product. If they send me a poster through Diamond, they have to pay Diamond a fee to send that free poster to me. Guess what? They can send it to me for free. Props, all this stuff direct conversations, less shipping, because guess what, folks? I'm not supposed to say this. I'm going to say it on your show right now. Diamond charges you per box, not per weight. You have 200 books in that box or you have $15, 15 books in that box. It's one price. Lunar, US, UCB, uh, they are charging you per weight, which means you are going to save more money. And that's the that's the key uh, for any comic book store is to sell more and make more money. When I email DC or a Lunar, or in my case, uh, UCB, I keep on calling all these different names, uh, uh, I get a response within a minute. And that's so awesome. that's very important to me. So keep your eyes peeled, but try to think as a traditional comic book fan. Are a you traditional the difference between Diamond, the book that Diamond sends you, and the book that one of these other companies sends you? No. And if, if there is a difference, I would say that would be a no-no. If you start messing around with your barcodes, uh, that changes like, like everything. Or anything like that. Well, yeah, because listen, how you then scan that book in? Are you telling me that uh, Comic Book Database and all these things are going to have two different barcodes to scan in? That doesn't make any sense. So at the end of the day, if it traditionally is a second print, it will say second print. It will say two where it's supposed to say two. I mean, cut but and dry. Yeah, cut and dry. At the end of the day, there shouldn't be. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I've done this for a long time. DC Comics makes the announcement, blindsides diamond diamond immediately comes out and said we are shipping books mid mid may or at the end of may and their next sentence is but times can change all right so you gotta read stuff and if you read stuff and you understand they had to come out with this thing they have no idea when books are then shipped so all these stores that are waiting, all these other stores are getting their books weeks before these other stores. Customers just aren't going to wait. They're then go to the stores that have the books now. It's a necessity for them. When I used to, it's amazing how many people would be at our door at 9 a.m. in the morning to get their new issues because even though they had a pull box, for some reason they thought it would be sold out. I don't know how many times I called and I was like, You'd answer the phone. You go, hey Kyle. I yeah. go, hey. Yes, yeah. that's in there. I already put <laughs> yeah. it in for you. Yeah, that's exactly. That. So it's just knowing the customers. Yeah, yeah you need to know your 460 pull box holders. Uh, uh, just like you know a new customer walking in and fill in and watching them and figuring out what to sell them to make them happy. So, uh, but at the end of the day, guys, I'm just going to tell you this. Don't read into more than what is being said other than reality, what is being done. 
That's the only thing that matters. And if you start reading into this futuristic stuff, you are going to be behind on the game. And, and it's about what is being done today. DC is selling comics. We've already placed our orders for three weeks out. We are happy. We got our Batman 92 first prints. We're happy. We're going to have all that great fun stuff. I don't care about the rest of what those other guys are doing. I just know that when I get my books, I'm promoting uh, socially in San Francisco, in states, New York, uh, that these customers aren't going to have the ability. That's just being a salesperson. You got to go out there and you got to take care of customers. When those stores get the books, the loyal customers will buy those books from those customers. But at the end of the day, uh, a customer with books in their hand is a happy customer. I'm going to leave you on a final note. Most customers that buy in the comic book shopping network, the binge bar, don't even get their books for 30 days. Yet they're buying 200, 300, 400, 500 books from me in that amount of time. People want the confidence to know that they are eventually going to get their books. They can do their checklists and they want to buy more books. They don't want to read a story about negativity because that's immaterial to them. And so shows like yourself that foster goodness and foster collecting comics, uh, I think that's where uh, our victories are. Uh, choose your allies well. And um, and so that's pretty much all I got other than me losing my voice after three hours of talking at a fast pace. So well, how about you plug the shit out of your, your comic book shopping network for everybody? So everybody yeah. out there and then everybody out there on Monday who downloads us can know where to find you. Awesome. I appreciate that, guys. And and just a, a quick note about Comic Book Shopping Network. We have a 94% increase in viewership uh, over the last seven days. Uh, a national average for a store with women customers is 5%. We're at 13%. Uh, numbers that matter, uh, it's very important. 10,000 books a week. That's a lot of books to sell a week collectively uh, to people that have no idea what we're going to show. So, uh, um, so everybody, I really appreciate your time on here. Uh, this we got to get you back on in the future, man. We yeah. we appreciate you more than you'll ever know. And uh, yeah. uh, oh, thanks for being not only being be on to talk about anything you want. Just let us know, and you've got carte blanche to come on and fucking yeah. talk you want. Sure. And, and, and you know, thanks for not only being a comic book, you know, store owner and and that, but thanks for being a mentor for us. We really appreciate it, brother. And uh, we'll catch you next time. You don't know how many times I've said, but Jesse says this, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alien bounty hunter, folks. Don't forget. Have a good night. Talk to you. Right. Later. Thanks, Jesse. That was great, man. Wow. All right. Gotta love Jesse, man. Good dude. Make sure you guys go uh, go check out Comic Book Shopping Network. I'm sure he'll be on uh, he'll be on more in the future. Uh, yeah, I hope so. It's fun listening to him talk. It's did it, it's not even the drop of the bucket of things he has to say about the comic book so industry. And we didn't even get into what I really wanted to get into. Well, you got your question in there. <laughs> you yeah. That? yeah. And I, I re when I was talking about him trying to form this live. Facebook, I wasn't even truly prying at me like for credit. I know, but it was great how he did that. It was hilarious. Oh, dude, he, like, yeah, but you know, I didn't really like, and it did. I hounded him for a long time. Jesse, look at these motherfuckers. And this was like right in the in, in the beginning where there's only a few people doing it. And I was like, 
these and I, you know, it's the same thing I would tell Brian. I would tell Matt. I was like, and I would be like, I would send links and be like, watch this shit. These fucking people are killing it. It's insane. And it was just this because it, it was, you know, as far as people say, I hate live auctions. It's the way to go because it's there. You got it. That impulse, that want is there and it's live and it's yours. And Jesse was like, I don't know about that. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you, man, once you see what these people are doing, you're going to take it. You're going to fucking figure it out. You're going to run with it. You're going to make it better. And you're going to do what it needs to do. And it's going to be awesome. I don't know. And then same thing. He came to me and he's like, I should listen to you a year before. And I understand, man, that's, it's a leap of faith that you're taking. You're, you're putting yourself, you know, just like we do, we put ourselves out there. That's what, what he's going to, that's a hard thing to do. Go on live and to sell, you're putting yourself out there. Like, what do you do? How do I do this? Like, how do I do these books? And I get it. And you know, what are, what, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't like, Jesse's like, I need to look at this from a business side. Like, how does this, will this like hurt my business? Like, find it, you know what I mean? Like, I look at it as a dude that, oh, I just want to go out and sell comic books. I don't look at it as like, I didn't look at it as a business. I just looked at it. Look at these motherfuckers on here <coughs> killing it. By the way, if you want books, I got them to sell. I want to buy a Volkswagen. <laughs> We're sponsored by Cal's Comics. Shameless plug. I don't know how many times. I mean, like when me and Brian would sell comics, I don't know how many times I said, but Jesse does this. But Jesse said this. And I, I don't know how many times I've said it to Matt, too. And I've said it to Brian. And I say to everybody, but Jesse says this. Mm. And I watch what he does. And I listen to what he's told me. Like, And it, the cool thing about Jesse is I remember walking into a store the first time. And I remember seeing these pile of fucking comic books. And I remember, and the cool thing about it was him, his dad, who's passed away. What a good man he was! Amazing. Um, and it was so cool. You walk in there, and it's it's like Ken's store too. You walk in, his wife's there, his daughter's there. It's cool. But you walked into Jesse's. It was his mom was you know slanging comic books. His dad was, you know, you walked. I walked into the first time, and there they had these mountains of comic books. And his dad's got a laptop, and Jesse had a laptop, and they're fucking going after it. What is you laughing at, Nubia? And uh, and I was like, hey man, I'm looking for these books. I got them online, and I was like, what do you mean? Wow. What do you mean you got them online? He's like, go on eBay, and they're just sitting there, just like in the crazy corner that was just stacked up with books behind this glass case, and I was like. Okay, I'll go on eBay, but I'm standing right here. Like I didn't even understand it at the time. And I went home and I was like, holy shit, it's there. <laughs> Bottom, came back in. Hey, I just bought this. Here you go. Thanks, Jesse. And I just kept going in there and going in there and going in there. And it was, I mean, it's it's awesome. Wow. Je if you guys aren't buying books from Jesse, then I'm honestly you're missing out for sure. You, you really are talking and it's such a great collection and he knows so much. I mean, I feel like, and I probably will sorry, my throat's hurting, like rewatch that whole entire interview and just pick up even more gems than I missed Forget the bathroom break I had, but like just in general, like that wealth of knowledge along people like you, your guys who I consider just very, very knowledgeable comic guys in general. And it was like, geez, what a trudge of knowledge. You know what I mean? 
Well, that's what I was. I was just sitting there taking everything he said in. Like, I didn't have a question because I was just soaking everything he said as far as business goes and and everything like that. He, everything he had to offer, I was I was kind of taking in and thinking how it you can apply it to something like that we do or you know mm-hmm. any anything moving forward. Even the cool thing about Jesse is is if you ask him a question about something, he's going to answer you about it. Hey, I. You know, I don't know how many times me and Brian walked in there and we were like, we want to do this. And he's like, this is how you do it. This is what you should do. Hey, buy this book. No one's going to buy Rick and Morty's, Jesse. I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> hey, you should buy that Monstrous book. Nobody's going to buy Monstrous, Jesse. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I don't know how many times. And then it got to the point where I was like, after a couple of those, Jesse's like, buy that book. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I would just buy it. Like, but I mean, Jesse is such a good dude. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And if you say, and I, and I've said this a thousand times, if you say, I don't know about that, Jesse James, that means you don't know him. that and I don't know for how many years now I have said that exact thing good dude good information and he just loves selling comics to people and it's awesome oh yeah it's There's nothing cooler than than I, I I would love it and I wish he would do it more and I know it's hard right now because the store isn't totally open because of this coronavirus and stuff but I remember getting that text. I've got a collection. Be there in five minutes. Brian, Jesse got a collection. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And it was, it's just awesome. He just, you know, hey, Jesse, why don't you put these online? Why? You guys are sorting them and buying them right now. Why do I need to put, I'm not doing any work. Yeah. Was- Chad, 100%. You're missing out for sure. Wow. You sure where you want to sell that to me for this price? I can keep it. Oh, no, no, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> what a show. I'm breathless after that. Wow. Dude, just... Je- Jesse, dude, he's just the, the knowledge in his brain is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that he doesn't mind fucking letting you know it's that that's cool. Because a lot of people like to keep that. And I'm sure there's shit he keeps secret, of course. But Of course. But. But being that open. he doesn't mind sharing information to help you to help you get better in more ways than one. I mean, that's fucking cool to me. Because not a lot of people do that. True that. True that. Is Brian frozen? No, I'm looking at an amazing <laughs> fantasy 15 just in awe. Oh, shit. Oh. But, what yeah. a shit. Yeah, it was cool, man. I'm glad Jesse came finally came on. Yeah, it was very informative. I think I think there's oh, I, things in that interview that you can take and apply to different areas in your life, not just selling comics, but it, as far as business in any sense that he kind of dropped. Mm-hmm. Even his take on the industry in general, and like you said, the back issues and where this all comes from, it was just wow, you know. Oh man, yeah, the conversations I've had with that guy are insane. Even his take on the the distributing issues that Kyle just had to get that dig in there to 
to twist that little uh, nugget to make sure that he was, you know, he was right. In a hypothetical situation where we're starting a podcast about a conversation, Kyle had to make sure you all know he was right at the end. And well, you great. know, and, and, and I told you this, what do you think, Jesse? Yeah. Like, and, and he didn't have, there was, he, he didn't, didn't know skip a beat. Yeah. He didn't, it wasn't something that he had talked about. It's nothing that I had talked about with him. What do you think? What would Jesse do? I'm just playing. Yeah, well, and again, at the end of the day, he said it doesn't matter. Like people are going to get their books the way they get their books. So it was very informative. But congratulations! I'm glad that you got that that dig in there. I had to, man. I had to. I, I not. I wasn't trying to prove that I was right, but it is that cut and dry. Absolutely. It, it, you know, what I mean, it's it's not as clouded as everybody's trying to make it. it. It's pretty cut and dry. It's it's a pretty simple thought. I don't know. I agree. Well, I bow down to your greatness, sir. I'm sir, in awe. Correct statement. I'm in there's awe no, of Kyle's greatness. No, hey, I'm a simple dude, and I was looking at it this just bare bones. Corbin and, just, and I, yeah, Corbin and I concede to your greatness. Wait, have no chance. Brian, no Brian gets void because he was doing the hot ten when this conversation took place. But yeah, you know, we we bow to your greatness, sir. There's no greatness. I just I was just looking at it as that's as that's the way it is. You you know there were so many spawns printed. There were so many new mutants ninety eight printed. You don't know what wave that was printed. You don't know you don't know if it was the you know the sixth printing of the first printing of it you don't know how are you gonna know about this and i mean I, and i like his stance too like i think his stance is is really it's kind of direct and in your face like he's catching shit for selling comics in a time in, in a, a time during a pandemic and why 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 is he why should he be like that's what you got to do you're out there slinging comics guess what if people didn't want to spend the money they wouldn't be spending the money so i don't get why he's catching shit and all these other sellers are catching shit for selling comics right now. It just I'm just pissed it's not as easy for me to buy comics from Jesse as it once was. It's the only thing I'm mad at him about. <laughs> it was so much easier when I could just walk in and dig through boxes and take what I wanted. Now I have to try to, to, to be quicker with my internet connection to get the books I want from Jesse. No, sir. I want to go in there and just pick my books. Hey, Jesse, I don't care if you're going to sell these later. I want these books. All right, Kyle. Thanks, Jesse. No problem, Kyle. <laughs> I'm glad that you two just had that conversation right here in your head. Oh, I, I'm glad that just got worked out. <laughs> you saw it right here. Go down live. The conversation between Brian and Kyle and Jesse. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I was hoping Bruce Campbell was going to be watching tonight. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I love you, Bruce Campbell, but God damn it, you don't know shit about signing lunchboxes. <laughs> you guys need to put that uh, uh, that video. We got to put that video up on Instagram. Yeah. And at him. <laughs> I saw you did on Facebook today. I tried. It's not that funny of a, of a discussion. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, I didn't watch it again. It's good. It really is. So, 
So what's next? You, fuck you, Bruce Campbell. You're not Bruce you. Campbell. You can suck <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. Suck it, Bruce Campbell. Suck it. Yep. And I thought I thought for sure that the part, the perfect part to end it at, is when Tim was asking you if you had the thermos side too, and you're like, nope. And he's like, your story sucks. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nubia says he'll just block you. Yeah. Campbell. Yep. He'll just block you. Bruce will block he loves you. Me. We're best friends. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, we're, yeah, we're busy. running in two hours. If we want to end it on a high note with Jesse, do you guys want to get into a little bit more stuff? I mean, I'm, uh, I'm about out of it, my friend. Uh, that's a, Jesse was a good, was a good topper to the show. Yeah, yeah I like it. It was a perfect top. And I mean, I'm like I said, I wasn't just talking. I'm definitely going to like watch back that whole interview just to like, Sop up some stuff. Not what I missed, but just in general. Because it was. If you guys haven't gone on already, and and everyone say hello to Adonis. He's in. He, I think he's on Facebook. He's writing in the chat. Say hello. What up, brother? What's up, Why Adonis? Don't you come on the show. She just came on. Adonis, miss you, man. There you go. We love Adonis. So, I'm Adonis. What were you gonna yeah, say? One. What were you gonna say, Kyle? About what? I don't know. You started if saying anyone, something before. I said something about Donna's. Oh, I was just saying, if you guys all haven't went and joined the comic book shopping network, go do it. It's, it's You're not going to regret it. There you go. Like I want to do oh, Rick and Morty's about three, three or four months ago, and I bought them all because I was like, you know what? I'm not fucking doing this again. <laughs> and they're just sitting there. I haven't even picked them up. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> He says, "LOL," because I went to In and Out. I don't. Okay, I hope it was delicious. I'm sure. I personally think In and Out's overrated, but so do I. The fries suck. In and Out of Five Guys, it's a good, affordable meal, man. You Five Guys, but Five Guys is more expensive. It's cheaper than McDonald's. I like Habit Burger. It's expensive. I hate I hate In and Out's fries. I can't stand their fries. Yeah, they're, they're garbage. And Adonis but wants I'm to know, there. Kyle, shoot Adonis a message in, on how to get into the comic book into Jesse's thing. He's asking. Just go to Comic Book Shopping Network on Facebook. On Facebook. There you go. And uh, I, I think you have to answer a couple questions. Do you like comic books? Yes. Okay, you're in. You made it seem like it was a lot more than just one question there, Kyle. It's seriously like. I, or it might be how long have you been collecting comics? It, it, it doesn't matter if you love comics; they want you there. And that's cool. That was kind of yeah. just. It, the, and Brian cool. showed everybody what it looks like. It's combo, and it's it's a lot of stores from around here. Samurai's on there. Um, there's a god. There's so many fucking people. It's awesome. I agree that uh, Five Guys is pretty lit. I'd take Five Guys over over uh, In and Out. In and out's the bomb. In-N-Out, I mean, in and out's okay, but five guys. Yeah, the burgers are good, man. But a good burger. One thing I want to talk about real quick before we leave is remember, guys, next Friday is May 1st. Or, yeah, next Friday is May 1st, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So next Friday is May 1st. Remember, um, I know they were on a few weeks ago, but Rascals, Greg Schoen's book, uh, their Kickstarter stuff kicks off next Monday or next off. Friday. So we'll have the links to that. I asked him for links today to share with everyone, but he said that they're still trying to finalize all the Kickstarter stuff and the tiers. So 
we should have links for that stuff next Friday. If you guys are interested in supporting Greg and, and his new book and venture. Um, but yeah. Uh, you got anybody else got anything else before we, we, uh, kick it off here tonight. Uh, if anybody wants to join the, uh, clutch collectibles discord group for oh, send me a link, uh, hit me up, uh, at, uh, inst- on Instagram and I'll send you a link. And I've sent you guys fucking links. You guys just don't enter it fast enough. <laughs> Motherfuckers. It's like a third time. God dang. Adonis has burned that spliff, Brian. All day, every day. <laughs> there you go. I just sent that to Jesse. <laughs> We're not <Yeah>. worthy. <laughs> he thumbs up it. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll do it, I guess, for this week's episode, guys. Um Again, be on the lookout next week, next Friday, for the Rascals Kickstarter stuff if you want to support Greg and, and independent comic creators. If you want to buy books from me, hit if me you, up. If you want to buy books from Kyle to help him build his project car, hit him up. Um, keep, we're, keep, an, keep an eye out for uh, live auctions coming soon. Yeah, live auctions coming soon. We'll we'll address that, too. Um, we're going to try and... kind of dress? What, what up, Corbin? I got to plug, uh, check the spinner rack uh, Sunday night. Yeah, Corbin's plugging that. Yeah, it sucks. Okay, okay. We're changing. We're changing. It's gonna. It's gonna be different. It's. Oh, we've been working behind the scenes. Here, house crunches tomorrow. We have a good week. Right now, I'll I'll tell you right now. The next episode is better. Um, um, and um, this happened on this um uh, panel. No, sir. No, sir. That is an incorrect statement. I have the book in my hand, but um, um, I can't really remember what happened. But um, um, it was a really good book. You guys should totally read it. Incorrect statement. <laughs> <laughs> incorrect statement, sir. I I just did a full episode of Spinner Rack. You're oh, welcome. No, sir. Let's just say that now that there's no new comics to review, it's going to be playing more into the tales part of the name oh, so um, um, we got um, more stuff coming this is the really good old comic um and then um no. this um, um 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 happened read this old comic that hey, i just did hey, this is part of our thing we're trying to grow stop shitting yeah, on your yeah. own sh- on uh, something that's affiliated yeah, you don't with shit your own show. You eat, yeah don't shit where you eat bud that's all right. I'm I don't eat on that show. It's part of that. It's part <laughs> of that. I don't eat on that show at all. Don't do that where you drink. <laughs> yeah, don't shit where you drink either. <laughs> you know what? where you drink. This Sunday, I'll be on Spinner Rack with you guys. Oh, oh shit. There you go. Oh, no, I'm that. fucking lying. I'm really yeah. No, he Come won't. On, he won't. 100%. Not even a little bit. No. Dude, you had me hyped. That's not cool. That's so, not cool. I'll give you, okay, I'll give you a, a tip or, or an insight into what we're doing on Spinner Ooh, Rack if you're, if you're watching live. This Just Sunday. This Sunday, we have, we are taking any Marvel character in the Marvel Universe and making our top five Perfect Avengers team, in our opinion. Yep. I have a roster full of Black Panthers. Wakanda already out. So, <laughs> already out. Well, oh, come on, Kyle. It's going to be fire. I can't wait. It's going to be I think that's a cool idea. Hey, fuck yeah. Thank You're you. fucking just stone, Brian. It's not. I am. Fuck you, am. Mr. Negative, Kyle. You know what? Don't don't buy books from Kyle. Don't help <laughs> Kyle get a car. Don't do anything for Kyle. Fuck this negative asshole. Fuck him and his stupid car. Don't buy shit from him. Don't buy shit from Kyle. Fuck that guy. 
There you go. <laughs> he is fucking clown shoes. Do not buy anything from Kyle. All right. I love it. <laughs> no, dude, I'm just joking. I, 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 I want to. If Spinnerack's going in a new direction. I would love to be on it and fuck around with you guys. It'd be I awesome. wasn't even going to bring it up because I knew Corbin was, because I, I, I knew Kyle was shit all over it. And then Corbin <laughs> just jumped, jumped on me, over me. I'm and sorry. I was just excited to share. Corbin yeah, fucking I, leapfrogged me. It's, it's been a wreck. You got to come on. It's, you know, we've gone through some stuff. Um, you know. On this page, I can't remember the guy's name, even though the book's in my hand. Um, he <laughs> said. He was special. And then um in this panel, um what happens um is stuff drops oh, the sky. And uh on this page, I don't know who this guy is. I can't remember, even though I just um read it. Don't buy shit from Kyle. Fuck Kyle. You can buy shit from Brian, but don't buy shit from Kyle. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck Kyle. <laughs> Oh, I'm just man. joking. You guys all watch Spinner Rack. It's a good group oh, of fuck Kyle. <laughs> don't, don't try to backpedal now, goddammit. You've already said your piece. You've done your damage. Yeah. You were good until you went and did mine. We're like, I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember all the creators' names. I'm sorry. Actually, I remember Jay saying that. He had the book in his hand. He's like, um, I don't remember who, who this person is, but they said something about work. Motherfucker, the book's in your hand. Well, That's right, Adonis. Hashtag fuck Kyle. That's right, Adonis. <laughs> Hashtag fuck Kyle. It's all Adonis. It's fucking <laughs> No, I had a day where I was it was about and beyond, and I forgot the page was the fourth page, and I was like trying to like buy time to get to it. Created by uh oh, it's a great Batman book. Um, that was I mean, we're trying the best we can, okay? No, in real talk, Matt and and, and uh Jay have been true. I was it's been a crazy anyway, Matt and Jay have been put up all this way we got a revamp coming it's exciting it's gonna be a great episode yeah now, now because of you i'm gonna get messages from jay being like oh man i guess i suck at podcasting huh <laughs> you son of a bitch just ruining our self-confidence kyle how are we gonna get We're a show here talking ground? about how jesse builds people up and you're shitting on people over here <laughs> that's jesse if jesse's on it he'd be like a great way to, to do comic podcasts is not to go um and um e um something happened on this stage, but I don't it sounded like a far side song for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone check out it's good group of guys. Nope, it's worth nope, checking fuck out. it. It's too late now. I that's why I didn't bring it up, Corbin, because I knew he was gonna I, shit on it. I didn't if I know I was Kyle just gonna, gonna let it be like a thief in the night and release it and let him and let him come to me about it. That's what well, I was then, gonna do. And I'm really glad I didn't say that Couch Crunchers was tomorrow, too. I was trying to promote everyone. Nothing. I was trying to promote everyone. And I realized when I said that, I didn't realize it was going to be a big thing. Because listen, Kyle, you should come on. It's a great show. Good group of guys, but it's a good show. I'll be on Couch Crunchers tomorrow night reviewing Brigsby Bear. Of course you are. Fantastic movie. Check out Couch Crunchers for the movie. Fantastic movie. We're going to start doing uh, two-minute movie reviews, too, with Kyle. We're going to have Kyle do two-minute movie reviews. It sucked. There, <laughs> there it is. Every movie. Um, um, I watched it, but um, um, I can't remember what happened. So, um, um, this one guy. Um, did this um excuse me. Um, yes. <laughs> That's the Far Side song. Oh. <laughs> I'm just fucking. Anyways. Anyways, you son of a bitch. Wow. I, love, I love the NPR style of comic book spinner rack. No, 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 no. Where you know I'm be like, yo, 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 check out this hit rad book. <laughs> 
colors by about this over here. We hype, yo. We let's do it makes it even more effective when your internet cuts out. <laughs> I was I was just gonna let it go, Corbin, like a thief in the night, and wait for Kyle to come to me about it. I was. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing fuck. Absolutely nothing. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'm going to bed. See, Spinnerack is going to be the show that makes it. It's going to be the show that everybody wants it to watch. All shows take their time. Okay? Watch. I have some sick digital codes I'm ready to give out coming up. It's going to be fire. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You'll never hear the end of that from Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna give away free digital downloads for all. You're gonna digital download. You're gonna digital hey, download. I don't even have to give them away now. I just post a picture of the movie on Facebook, and they come to me. Hey, if you're not gonna use that digital download, hook me up. <laughs> it happens and once. It happens to guy from another podcast. It happens <laughs> once. I haven't done it since the last code I gave away because you gave me shit. Because it's stupid. <laughs> Maybe to you. I got a free digital download, but I'm going to keep the movie. Hey, that's $15. Somebody else doesn't have to pay to download it. There you go. You got to positive, Kyle. 27 likes. I'm going to give you this free digital download. Hey, 27 likes or 15 bucks. I, I like it. Hey, man. What, what did we learn from Tiger King? Nothing. You know? Why well, yeah. being, being straight is cool and all, but 20 tigers is 20 tigers, all right? That's 15, you know. We can get 150 people in the show. I'll give you a oh, I've never done that. Come I'm on. I'm going to buy a movie and I'm just going to. Realistic. Let's be realistic here. Anyways. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, Kyle. I take it back. What? I shouldn't, I shouldn't, maybe he said I shouldn't be like that, so I take it back. You're getting yelled at. Now you're getting yelled at. You get a digital download. You get a digital download. Uh, anyways. Um, so, guys, uh, thanks for checking us out tonight. Make sure to check out uh, the Comic Book Shopping Network. Make sure to check out Jesse James's uh, eBay store. It was scrolling across the bottom. I'll put it in the links in the description as well. Um, Grizzle Geek has brought to our, uh, brought up to us about kind of pairing up and doing some special event, podcasting event this later this uh, month. For the month of May, so maybe we'll hear about that. That talk about that. that. And and I told you about it. You just don't remember because we talked about it last week. No, we didn't talk about shit. I, I didn't hear about this. Exactly. So, exactly, Corbin. Exactly. Yes, you will. Um. So, guys, thanks for checking out us this cool week. Yeah, so I talked. We'll, we'll, we'll talk after the show because I definitely talked to you about it. Well, no one said shit to me. I'm mad. I'm the controller I'm of the podcast. All right. Check that's okay. out. Check out a spinner rack, y'all. Oh, <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for checking us out tonight. Uh, if you had a good time, make sure to like and subscribe button. If you're new to the show, uh, make sure to turn on those notifications so you get notifications when we go live every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Arizona time on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this back on Monday, please make sure to leave us a review and uh, subscribe to the podcast as those reviews go a long way and help us see in the podcast standings. And um, again, next week, next Friday, May 1st, the Rascals Kickstarter goes up. So if you want to support Greg and uh, local creators, uh, it's a great way to do it. 
But for this he's week's episode, Japan. he's not a local creator. He's you know, Japan. He's a friend of the show. He's part of the community. There you go. That's better. Friend of the show. But for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm, I'm Donald Trump. I'm the Grizzle Corbin for the facts. And this dog wants to go on a fucking walk so bad as she's jumping <laughs> into the show. I'm Brian. And Abby. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Hold on. <laughs>